films. Gavin Fry's Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And this is an exciting episode because today we shall be talking about the decade in review. So we're going to be mixing up our uh, format a little bit. We'll do our, we'll cut down our news, we'll do very short reviews, and we'll jump into the long segment of the decade and the year that was 2009. Yeah, we're going to be doing, um, we're going to be doing a top five of the decade, but it might stretch out into a top ten. Yeah, depending I mean, on what we have, kind of time we have. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, ten years worth of movies. There's a lot of a lot of amazing a lot of amazing movies out there, and a lot of movies. Unfortunately, it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard, dude. It's fucking movies, hard. You know, how can you pick five movies out of a decade? This is like the whole reason why we do this podcast. I Somebody, know, someone originally asked us, "What's our favorite movie?" And this is the result. Well, here it is. <laughs> here it is today, people, or whichever day you happen to listen to this. It's going to be today for them. It's, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> whatever, is, whatever today is for you, we hope you enjoy Whatever it. your today may be, yeah. we share a today for all eternity. And before we get started, we should say as well, if you disagree with our top ten, think of something we left out, something we should have definitely left out, then uh, you can email us on podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Podcast at mcyappenfries.com. You go first next week. The second ringer. <laughs> okay, but uh, let's just launch right into the news. Um, although we mainly we mainly talk about movies, I mean, every once in a while we'll bring up the old TV show or something. Yeah. But it's usually connected to a film. But there's this is just um, too big to ignore. It's the uh, whole Tonight Show debacle. Which, if you don't watch American TV at all, you already know what's going on. But it does have an impact on all the TV we get over here. Um, anyway. Well, I mean, basically the whole thing started with. Um, okay, for those of you who are unaware of the uh, problem. Uh, there is a battle right now, well, the battle's over now, uh, between Jay Leno and uh, Conan O'Brien. Jay Leno used to host The Tonight Show, and uh, Conan O'Brien is the current host. But when uh, Jay Leno was hosting The Tonight Show, uh, Conan was uh, hosting The Late... The was The Late Show or The Late Late Show? The Late Show. The Late Show. The Late Show. With Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Um, and basically what, five, uh, what happened was that five years ago, uh, it was decided that... Um, NBC offered Conan, Conan a contract that he would take five years ago off a contract he would take over The Tonight Show from Leno in July 2009 and mm-hmm. The Tonight Show is a big thing this was part, partly um, uh, mainly to, so they could hold on to Conan O'Brien because he right. was getting a lot of really lucrative offers I mean, a lot of like, heat on him yeah yeah, and there still is yeah. <laughs> but um, so that was what that was decided that, that was a, what, bleh, that was what the deal uh, and then they tried this experiment with Jay Leno. I think even we saw in the news there that they they, they, they call it as such. They decided to put on a talk, a talk show at 10 p.m., which is weird in America that they do this. It's like mm-hmm. talk shows are fucking at the middle of the night. Like, but it's like it's three talk shows in a row. You yeah. know, it's like you got Leno, then you got O'Brien, and then you got Jimmy Fallon. And in, the, in Europe, at least the talk, the talk show starts at 10. That's the standard. It's like people people go to bed early. It's fucking cold. 
But in, in the States, it's, uh, it's usually pretty different. Like when Leno was on The Tonight Show, he got a lot of really good lead-in programs. I mean, I think he had Grey's Anatomy on before him. I mean, yeah. Uh, and this is the thing for the ratings is that, like, you know, no matter how good your audience is, you've got to have, you know, they always complain about what's leading into them. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leno tried this for a while. It's failed miserably. But that does, I mean, that does make an impact. I mean, like when you have all of these good shows on one station, you tend to stay on that one station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, he was supposed to be part of the lead, lead-in kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So he wasn't getting it. And that didn't quite work. And then for... And then, God knows, I mean, like, what, what's going on behind the scenes, but uh, Leno sort of, I guess, he wanted the Tonight Show back. Yeah. After, <laughs> and, like, after ceremonially after, passing you know, the torch. After ceremoniously uh, passing the torch, exactly. So naturally, there's a, he's generally seen as the villain in the story. Yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of things that we don't know. We don't know what's really happening behind closed doors. All we know is what we get in the news, and, you know, how do you know the news is true? And what we get from the horses' mouths. And the, in fact, the, yeah. the, two, the two talk show hosts are going at each other every night over this. They're talking about it all the time. But they kind of have to, I mean, in the sense that... It's damage, uh, damage limitation. But you know, not, not not only that, but that's their job. Yeah, you know whatever's going on in the world is their job to address it, and there's no they cannot not address it. Yeah, it yeah. just so happens that this time it's all it's, it's all them. It's all about them. But so they're, they're I, tell you, I tell you, who's like most grateful fucker is David Letterman. Yeah, because he's got like so much material to work on. Well, not only that, but he recently had the that scandal of his as well. That yeah. he was, uh, you know, he had fucked people in CBS, <laughs> and you know had to go out and he was being blackmailed, and he had to go out and fucking on a show and apologize. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. But it was classy the way that he did it. Yeah. Which I mean, that's one thing I think you know the PR men should learn from this. That like you know any politician like gets caught doing something. You come out and say it. If you hide it, it always comes out. Yeah, no one's just, ever gotten away with anything, as far as we know. On, say, I mean, you gotta, you gotta respect Letterman for that. Guy gets blackmailed, he's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> goes on, goes on. I'm gonna go on national fucking television and tell everyone what you're trying to blackmail me about. But now it's like, nobody remembers that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Leno, you fuck! So Letterman's as happy as a pig and shit. But now it's, it's official that Conan O'Brien has... Um, because what NBC was trying to do was that they wanted to uh, push um, Leno to 1130, 11.35, and then Conan would go on at 12.05. Which is tomorrow. That's right. The Tonight no, Show will be no on longer tomorrow. The Tonight Show. And uh, Conan O'Brien has rejected uh, this, this proposal. Yeah. And now he's walked. Is that no, the latest news? Basically, he's walked. But uh, yeah, it's very bitter. Yeah. But uh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> For those of you uh, who um, are unaware of all this, uh, you should check out... Uh, go, to, go on YouTube and... Um, uh, download Jimmy Kimmel destroying Jay Leno yeah. on Jay Leno's show. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 but it's insane. I mean, like you 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 can never expect anything like this ever happening in this part of the world. No, you know it's like freedom of speech comes with a price, baby. Exactly. I mean, even 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 just like show hosts and control their own shows. He has this guy on, and he's basically tearing it apart over this whole thing, and. He didn't reschedule so the, the dust cleared, you know? And, uh, and what's, what's even more fucked up about this is that, is that Leno doesn't have an audience anymore. Is that, you know, you know what I mean? It's like nobody really watches Leno except the older, the older, the older people. One of the news clips we saw earlier was like all the commentators were talking on MSNBC. Was MSNBC? Mm-hmm. They were all talking about how, you know, oh, I don't usually watch Conan or I don't usually watch Leno, but I've been tuned in this week. <laughs> They're both, both their ratings have gone through the roof. People want to see what they want to say, probably. No, but no, actually, Leno's ratings have gone down. Uh, well, that's why they were cancelling it. But this week, mm-hmm. have they gone up? We'll have to wait till the Sunday to find out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, O'Brien's um, ratings have skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's like people are tuning in, like uh, extra just to support him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got massive support. I mean, he's generally seen as the victim in this uh, in this whole situation. Did you ever? You live in the states. Did you ever know anyone who had a Nielsen box for the ratings? No, no. My aunt had one in Ireland for some reason. Really? Yeah, yeah. Your like aunt, for your, Irish ratings, it's like your aunt's awesome. Yeah, 
But you know, you gotta watch more Lost. The best, the best thing Jay Leno can do right now, really, to damage control this whole thing, is fucking resign. Yeah, just just resign and say, you know what? Get, get, let let him take the fucking. I show. mean, he shit loads of money, right? Exactly. Does going fucking loaded. <laughs> okay. Next bit, next bit of news. Uh, we got to talk about this guy. This guy has got to be the unluckiest fucking son of a bitch who ever walked the face of the earth, Stuart Townsend. I don't know if he's unlucky or he's, he's the massive just a, douche. He's just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He looks like an asshole. <laughs> I look at him and I'm just like, you're Matthew McConaughey with black hair. Yeah. <laughs> but Stuart Townsend has a. Uh, he's gotten dropped from um, Thor. He was originally going to play. Fandral. Fandral, yeah, one yeah. of the, the Warriors 3. Yeah, yeah, the dashing. <laughs> kind of an Aragorn type <laughs> Slightly But a little younger yeah. <laughs> Older uh, but, oh, no, yeah. but what you were saying was so right He is he is the character he played in Queen of the Damned Yeah, he's he, the fucking cock-sucking Cock-rocking rock, rock he's, hero he's just, <laughs> he's just, I mean He's just a fucking cock the, 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 the rumor was that he got fired For showing up six hours late Lee For a Bruce. screen test and then, uh, But the official reason was creative differences And I'm like, how, how many, how much how, how, how big a difference can... What kind of a problem can creative differences be when you're not even the lead, you're a supporting character? You're trying to, well, they're trying to create the movies and he's delaying everything by six fucking hours so therefore, they can't create differences in time. you are creatively making my, making my life difficult and you should go. Yeah, this but I mean, I understand an hour or two late, but like six hours, why would you even bother turning up after that? Because you're Stuart Townsend. Because <laughs> you're Lestat and they Cause wait. Because you're, you're Mr. Charlize <laughs> Theron. He was waiting for the movie. thinks he is Lestat. He was waiting for the sun to go down. All, all I know is, I mean, all I, Charlize Theron must just, just must be amazing in bed. <laughs> is that she just makes this guy feel like he really is the biggest cock on the face of the earth. I'm sorry. I couldn't make, I'm really sorry I couldn't make the screen test. I was banging my wife for six hours. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tripping balls right now. <laughs> I can barely stand. Can I sit there for the screen test? <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, this is the uh, the second high-profile job that this guy has lost. He yeah. lost um, the role of Aragon in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, the reason that uh, Peter Jackson gave was that they cast it too young. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he was, he was too young and immature. And he kept turning up six hours late. <laughs> You know, like young people do that. You know, young people know concert the time. And, I mean, and what the fuck, Aragorn? Like Vigo, I was reading some stuff with Vigo recently about the road, and he's like, he was like forty-eight when he started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, even now he doesn't look fifty-one. No, how about I look that good when I'm fifty-one? <laughs> you don't look that good now. Mm. <laughs> I'm hoping that I grow into my face as I age. Rather, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I grow into his face as I age. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how does, I don't know, after two such high-profile movies, I don't know how he's going to get work ever again. Uh, well, no, he'll One be- is unlucky, two is careless. That's right. I mean, if you do all, there, there is all this maneuvering going on, and there is in the internet these days, you do hear about an awful lot of this maneuvering going on. Yep. Um, another example is the Green Lantern thing that um, Jackie Haley, Earl, Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Was originally was a rumor to play Sinestro and now it's uh, looking like it's going to be Mark Strong. It's looking like it's going to be Mark Strong, but you know, which uh, which Grant I Campbell came out and said, I, I don't know where the fuck that came from. Oh really? Yeah, he's been the first one. He said, I don't know where the fuck the Jackie Harold Haley came from. I just wasn't ever in the cards. But like, so there's that level. There's one level of just like rumors, and there's another level of that. Whatever nego- people have to negotiate before a movie comes out yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a negotiation stage, that's fine. Mm. But it was when they give a high profile press release confirming the cast yeah, and yeah. then stuff happens, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. It's like what was it like like 
just days before principal photography was about to start? Yeah. Out of the Warriors 2. No, no, it's been recast right. uh, with this newcomer. I'd never heard of him. Viggo Mortensen? Uh, no. <laughs> I never heard of him. He's a, he's a young dude. Oh, like okay. jo- Joshua Cross, I think his name is. Mm. Um, other news then in movies we have this week that Sam Raimi after months and months of like production issues and supposedly is um, Kirsten Dunn's inner uh, Spider-Man 4 it's Spider-Man 4 done it's not happening yeah it's not happening it's uh, they're going for a reboot <laughs> and Sam Raimi's off it Tobey Maguire's Toby off, off it Kirsten Dunn's you're off you're it, it. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of off it anyway your biggest supporters are gone you're fucking gone yeah uh, but um, I don't there's no uh, word on casting yet I mean some I mean, the main reason behind it was that um, Sam Raimi just didn't feel that he could get it his that his movie ready in time for uh, when the studio wanted to release it. Yeah, they wanted like 2012, right? Yeah, yeah, something ridiculous like that. Uh, I mean, some story elements had creeped out that uh, he wanted John Malkovich for the Vulture, which is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I think there was even uh, the previous week there was rumors about that actually being confirmed. Yeah, yeah, not just like yeah. rumors, rumors. But yeah, that John Malkovich did. actually did uh, yeah. jump. Yeah, uh, but one of his uh, ideas that kind of like a. You know, put the fear of God into me is that he also wanted to cast Anne Hathaway as Black Cat. No, not the Black Cat. As like the Vultress. Oh, I heard bits of pieces. And I was like, new, new, fuck right off. He wouldn't do that. How do you know? Because he's a Silver Age guy. You never know, dude. Could might have might have been some kind of compromise. You don't know. I don't know. He bailed. But anyway, they're going for a reboot now. And one of the um, they had a wish list of directors. Um, I believe the list was James Cameron. David Fincher, Again. <laughs> David Fincher, Wes Anderson, and uh, Mark Webber. Yeah, who did 500 Days of Summer, right? Yeah. Mark yeah. Webb. Mark Webb. Yeah, Webb, Mark yeah. Webber's the actor. So. Yeah. Uh, Mark Webb. I'm yeah, I don't like if Webber. Oh, yeah. Mark Webb does yeah, the Webb. Spider-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> although there is a theory going about that, um, guess which one is going to get the job? It's going to be Mark Webb, because he's the one who's going to put out the least amount of... Yeah, least amount of trouble. He's like, shit, you give me Spider Man. You give me Spider Man. Fucking a. <laughs> Five hundred days of Peter Parker, and it does feel like such a studio executive decision, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, this guy he understands the kids. This guy he understands the kids. He understands how to make the romance work, which means, and and also because it's a reboot, so they're talking about rebooting it back to uh, high school. Yeah, they're gonna go the whole Ultimate Spider Man route. Yeah, which is just uh, they love. They, uh, this has been going on for a long time. But why the fuck can't Peter Parker like grow up? Even his he originally started. Like, he was only in secondary school. I just don't want to see another... He's only... Yeah, but he's only in school for, like, three months of his entire run. I mean, then he was, like... The whole point is he's, like, the photographer shit and working for J. Jonah Jameson. He's a fucking photojournalist. Yeah. Either he's in college, he can be in university, or... And still trying to hold in a job. And you can make that go forever. You just... You never progress it. To be be fair, they were... They... Sam Raimi was trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was moving forward in his life. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I mean, more I mean, Marvel like, itself. Yeah, Marvel yeah, itself yeah, yeah, keeps yeah, yeah. trying to devolve the guy back yeah, to the yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because they keep trying to, like, they're into this whole thing now, especially, and this happened well, mainly because of all the, all the movies, yeah. is that they're trying to hold on to the kids, mm. to reintroduce it to the kids. But and kids don't always need to have a kid's character. No, I know that. I, I, I have no interest at all in watching Same another fucking origin movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I know how he became Spider Man. Everybody knows how he became Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, why can't he already be Spider Man when the fucking <laughs> movie starts? Is that asking too much? You know, I mean, in the, the whole thing with the original yeah, most people, it's a while before they put on the costume and you know and after a while sometimes it's just like you know what fuck this I want him in the costume yeah <laughs> he's been doing it for a while flashback uh, oh ow I got bit done just have that that's pull it back, pull back fade to black have it in the credits yeah, you, know, yeah. like, you know like they did uh, in Spider-Man 2 uh, the Hulk 2 uh, and also in Spider-Man 2 yeah yeah 
Yeah, just do that exactly. Yeah. Well, Spider Man Two is just like scenes in Spider Man One, wasn't it? Previously yeah. on Spider Man. I mean the uh, the opening credit sequence for um, Incredible Hulk was was awesome because it was it was the series. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly like the series. Because the it chair. Just, yeah, it was just awesome. Even <laughs> even when he turns the eyes, yeah. it's the same sort of effect. Oh, so awesome. I, it's uh, fucking hell. I don't know. Just because, like, look, everyone, everyone, everyone's biggest hero is usually Han Solo. He's, you don't need a twelve-year-old version of Han Solo. That, well, only, it's only a matter of time. A twelve-year-old Han Solo would be the most annoying little brat on the face of the earth. Exactly. You know what I mean, because you can get, you know, like the whole boyish charm thing works when you're a guy, when yeah, you're a man, when you're not a boy anymore. When you're not a boy anymore, then it works. When you're still a boy, boyish charm is like, fuck you, get the fuck out. You're not invited to the party. You're not invited for the party. <laughs> Answer the question. question. <laughs> I forgot to wash my hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should get on with the next piece of news. <laughs> okay, uh, just uh, moving on to uh, Terminator franchise being up for sale. Uh, Lionsgate has put up a $15 million offer, and they are the ones to beat at the moment. Uh, anyone? But apparently, the, did you get this this morning? Mm-hmm. Apparently, the news was that Lionsgate was, yeah, was had it in the bag, but now everyone's getting invo- involved again. So oh, yeah. the, its bidding has restarted up again because they're like, "Hang on a second, we're not giving it to the guys who did Saw." Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, who was the studio? The studio who did the U.S. distribution got fucked. The one who did the um, which one? The new one? The the Terminator Salvation. Yeah. Hell, Hellasom? Was it Hellasom? No, it's the production company, but the, it was the studio. Warner studios. Brothers. Warner Brothers, Brothers and, and uh, was it Columbia? Columbia was it Paramount. Columbia, I think. It was Columbia. Columbia. So. Warner Brothers did the. the was it TriStar? Columbia TriStar. Yeah. So Warner Brothers did the U.S. rights, uh-huh. and they didn't. They, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't they, get the money back. They didn't get the money back. The, in, the international distributors are like, woohoo! They yeah. love Terminator. Scrooge McDuck style fucking swimming pool full of money. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, then this is slightly dated. Yeah. So yeah, right now it's anyone's guess. It, uh, I came across an interview uh, with uh, Joe Joe Johnson, the director of um, the Wolfman and uh, the um, new the upcoming Captain America movie. Oh yeah. Uh, did you read anything about this? Yeah, I heard you he saying the direction for for uh, Captain America. It, it's not what you expect. It is a period piece. It is a period it's piece. more about him coming to terms with like going from polio victim to Bruce uh, to Brad Pitt, basically. which is uh, pretty much what we've. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not be. what most people think. It's not going to just be him in the gear deflecting bullets and going ha ha ha, which is what most people probably think of when they hear Captain America. Well, what, one one thing that I wanted to just bring up is that uh, in the movie um, The Wolfman. Um, uh, this, it turns out that um, uh, some of the uh, the howls, the wolf howls in the, in the Wolfman, will be from Gene Simmons and David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, listen to this. It's like one of the question is: Is it true that Gene Simmons does his howl? Yeah. It's like, well, when we were designing his howl, we were going off in a lot of different directions. We tried a lot of things to see what would work and be interesting. We listened to every wolf howl ever done on every film. We listened to all of them. Did not actually listen to any wolves? No. And you'd be surprised how unconvincing most of them are. Some were just wolves, but some were men going, ooh. You know, like... Uh, like a choo-choo frame. That's right. We were looking for this great pure tone. We knew we were going to process it and overlay elements to it, but we wanted that great foundation. We tried Gene Simmons... And one of Gene Simmons' howls is in the movie. I don't think Gene Simmons would recognize it, but it's in there. We had David Lee Roth come in and do a few howls. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, it was a blast. We had opera singers come in and howl. We had animal impersonators. Gene Simmons and David Lee Roth were pretty near the end of the process. By then, we knew what we were looking for. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. So it's like... And, and like, uh, the, the next guy, uh, the guy interviewing says, my mental image of your howl auditions is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was, that was pretty cool. 
And just kind of finish off my news anyway. We mentioned Green Lantern earlier. The other bit of casting news that came out this week is Blake Lively uh, from Gossip Girl has been cast as Carol Ferris. We covered that last week. Pretty young cast. Yep, pretty young. And then um, Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard as Hammond. Hector Hammond. Hector Hammond, a big guy with a big brain who fights the That's right. Green Lantern. Who I've never. I mean, I've seen Green. I've never seen any Green Lantern. Specific stuff apart from First Flight. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only like the DC stuff mm-hmm. and flashing back to his, uh, you know, the the what's it called, the the Justice League Unlimited or the mm-hmm. DC, mm-hmm. The, the the New Frontier. Yep. And um, Sinestro is always the bad guy. Yeah, Sinestro is always the bad guy. So for them not to go that way, quite it's quite interesting. This way, they'll build it up. Obviously, they're planning a trilogy. Sinestro will be like two or three. The rise of Sinestro. Yeah, probably. I mean, Sinestro is going to be in the Green Lantern movie, but yeah. it looks like the um, it looks like Hector Hammond is going to be the main villain. Yeah, um, it will be. Although, from what I understand, they are changing it slightly from the comic. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, in the uh, in 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 the in the movie, he's a, a, a pathologist. It's like he's the son of a senator. But uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the son of a senator who sees him as a disappointment and like so, 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 something like he's that. He's not a hotshot test pilot. Uh, nope. That's weird. He's the man without fear, kind of. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. They also confirmed that they're going to have uh, Big Alien, Lantern Corps, Kilowog, Abensur, and Tomar Ray, or Pigface, Redman, and Fishhead. Awesome. Which, yeah, yeah. Kilowog has just come on and on. Everything that they do of him now, he's like the backup character that just comes in, is awesome, and then yeah, leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. No, I mean, if they, this, I've said it many times, if they get this movie right, yeah. it'll be amazing. I want to say this, I could, if, I, I just wonder how they're going to pull off. Like, I mean, they must have some scene with loads of Green Lanterns. And, yeah, like, yeah. Some of the Green Lanterns are bizarre. Yeah, looking. I mean, it's like, it's a fucking acid trip. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> some of the Green Lanterns, I mean, the Green Lantern core, visually, it's, it's like... Pretty lame. It's, it's lame if you think about it, but like, if you imagine this shit in a movie, yeah. it's... There's one guy's like a giant egg, there's like... There's a walrus. There's a raccoon. <laughs> there's a planet. There's a, an entire planet, an, an intelligent planet is a, a Green Lantern. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's high concept, Sky Pie. Okay. Let's move on to reviews. Let's move on to reviews. So, before we get on to the top tens, what have you got to review this week? I'm I'm reviewing um, the director DVD sequel to Universal Soldier Universal Soldier Regeneration. Nice. Uh, what are you reviewing? I shall be reviewing uh, the Imaginary of Doctor Parnassus, Terry Gilliam's latest. Okay, I'll go ahead first. Really, these these will be pretty quick so we can get onto the meat and potatoes. But believe me, this movie is going to be um, this this movie review is going to be the fastest movie review I've ever done. Uh, this movie is is horrible. Right, cool. <laughs> so the Imaginary. No, no, no. <laughs> but let me finish. It's horrible. It's bad. But it's bad in the best possible way. This is exactly how I like my bad action movies to be. Really? It's just... The action sequences, dude, are actually pretty fucking well shot. Yeah. Uh, Peter, Peter Hyams is a cinematographer. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. Peter Hyams is a cinematographer. Uh, I guess uh, John Hyams is the director. I guess it's his son or something. Oh. Um, but the way it's shot, the action sequences and everything, it's pretty hardcore. Uh, I mean, there's some hardcore action in here. And when the action hits hard, it really hits hard. The story is unbelievably simple. <laughs> it's unbelievably simple. More simple than Avatar? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more, simple, more simple than Avatar in the sense that I can't tell you what the story is. Yeah, yeah. I know it involves... It, like, it involves big men hitting each other, but that's about it. Right? It is so, it is so like, uh, intellectually, it's sort of uh, dead. 
that that I just naturally, my brain just switches off and I just react to explosions and bullets uh, and lights and movement <laughs> yeah and like little when people start moving really fast and then, then I just my brain kicks in on some vis, on some weird visceral level and I just start watching the action as soon as people start talking again I just naturally switch off but but the cool thing about the acting is that everything's done sort of like because they're all fucking emotionless yeah <laughs> it's all you, about acting that, that you can't really you can't really say anyone's putting in a bad performance because all the universal soldiers are dead <laughs> you know uh, you got um, the it's this new prototype universal soldier uh, play, uh, played by uh, Andre the Pitbull Arlosky is and he a wrestler why does he get the pitbull thing he's an ultimate fighter I think. ah UFC I think uh, I think but um, let me tell you this guy deserves to have the name pitbull he actually looks like a fucking pitbull <laughs> His face, when you when you know that he's called a pit bull, you see a pit bull in his face. Fuck. He just looks like a fucking crazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and again, he shows no emotion. He has no he has no there's no need for him to act. To, to act in any way. <laughs> he just needs to be able to speak in a in a monotone. And which he does fine. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's like uh, you know, are you know, like are you hot? Yes. That's it. <laughs> you know, like, would you like me to cool you down? Yes. You know, it's just like that. Van Damme, when he comes in, oh, and uh, yeah, Van Damme returns. I mean, the, good, uh, the, the, the huge selling point about this movie is that Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren return together. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren steals this fucking movie. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he steals this movie. This is the best bad acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's amazing. If you want to see Dolph Lundgren cry in a movie but not really cry, this is the movie to see. <laughs> uh, okay, cry but not really cry. Oh, well, I mean, you got you got you, I mean, you got to watch it to sort of see that. Is that he's um, he's clued in. He's not necessarily as robotic as they think he is. Well, that was the thing in the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. still like he's not he's not as robotic, but he's a psychopath still. Yeah, he's yeah. still a fucking psycho. Yeah. He's still a fucking psycho, and and he he obviously is having fun. Yeah, you know, he's obviously having a great time. You know, I mean, like same thing with the uh, with that uh, the, that. Distributor, distributor trailer for the Expendables. Yeah. Even in that movie, you can see he's, he's having, having a laugh. He's having a ball, you know. So that those are the main. That's the main reason to see this movie is that these three guys are, they, they are they are good fun to watch. Yeah, you know. And uh, Van Damme is, in my opinion, should still do movies where he speaks French. <laughs> <laughs> is he that bad? He's not that bad. It's just uh, it's 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 a language barrier, dude. It's like. Uh, when you watch JCVD, he's so comfortable yeah. in in that that he has all of the uh, he can he can sort of like uh, take all these other resources. He can connect with emotion and stuff a lot better. Whereas this is just stumbling over the lines. He's not stumbling over the lines. He's probably using up so much mental power to get the lines out right. Yeah, that's, because no, that's because right, yeah. it's not his it's not his language, you know. And after watching the JCVD, rest of his acting stumbles over him getting his. Yeah, acting. after after watching JCVD, I'll say, yeah, dude, the guy can act. The guy can act. If you give him the right vehicle, he can fucking pull it off. Yeah. But, you know, I think he needs to be Stay a bit more French. comfortable in speaking his mother tongue. <laughs> he's uh, to fit, um, set up with the guy who does uh, but this is a City s- of Lost Children and all those other movies. But Universal Soldier Regeneration is uh, what I would call the perfect example of when you're in college and the whole term six-pack movie. Yeah. A six-pack beer movie. This fits that that category beautifully. This is uh, what we used to have is the hungover on the couch movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, let's go out and rent like some shitty movies night. And recover from <laughs> last night. Yeah. It used to be in the mornings. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I didn't see two. I saw one when it yeah. came out and the one thing... Fucking love one, man! 
<laughs> it's uh, Roland Emmerich's masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, second only to Moon 44. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't get that. I haven't got a copy of that. I want to watch the helicopters on, Mer- on Moon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so retarded. <laughs> <laughs> There's no air, man. Nice to see he's grown. Mm. Okay, but yeah, on. so you, you definitely just yeah, definitely uh, this is a, a matinee movie, a, a, a beer fueled. Matinee it's a movie. six pack of beer movie. That's the best way I can describe this movie. I mean, it's just like it's like you, you mentioned uh, earlier that uh, when, when we were talking, like there's only when, like these movies that are based on video games that fight games. Yeah, there's only so many ways to punch a guy. And there's only so much plot you can inject into yeah, a game. film about punching guys. There's only so, there's only like so many ways you can punch a guy. And the great thing about this movie is that these guys realize they're you're right. There's only one way to punch a guy, and so they punch people the it's exact in the back same. of the head. <laughs> It's the best way to punch a guy right in the back of the head. These guys, like when they punch each other, they just keep punching and punching and pummeling the shit out. So of it's duration head. rather yeah, than yeah, actual, yeah, yeah. The, you know, short sharp impacts. It's awesome. Cool. Uh, I caught the imagination of Doctor Parnassus yesterday. Terry Gilliam's latest troubled opus, mm-hmm. um, Heath Ledger's last movie. Yep. Um, so the main story of this is that. Dr. Pern- now, sorry, this is kind of hard to catch up at first. It doesn't, as usual, with Terry Gilliam doesn't follow a standard structure as much as you know most mm-hmm. other movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's the Imaginarium, which is this kind of low rent looking theater thing. And um, by accident, you kind of find out that when you go through the mirror, you kind of go into Dr. Parnassus helps you to go inside your own imagination. And within there, you have either the choice of you know becoming enlightened or falling down the dark path with Mr. Nick, played uh, by um, Tom Waits. Tom Waits, exactly. So, um, you know, apparently Parnassus is freaking out because of some deal he made that's going to come... Some deal he made the devil's going to come good in a couple of days. And some people might not know because of all of the, um, uh, you know, hoobaloo surrounding um, the fact that this is Heath Ledger's last performance. A lot of people might not know that Heath Ledger is not, in fact, Dr. Parnassus. No. Uh, Dr. Parnassus is uh, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Yeah. And uh, I'll get on to... That's one of the issues with me, but I'll get on to that a bit. Um... Yeah, Keith Ledger is this character Tony who they find hung, hung under a bridge. And this is one of the points that Terry Gilliam was making in a lot of the interviews and things, was that they didn't change. They may have to like, be creative in the editing, but they didn't, have to, they didn't actually change the story from what was in the script at all because of Heath's death. I mean, the, the, his, his first appearance is as a man hung under mm. a bridge. He's, and he's been hung for quite a while. Yeah. So to start with that is a pretty ballsy move for a guy, you know, yeah. the actor's dead. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they welcome him aboard he kind of lost his memory so he kind of tries to figure out he, you know, he, he's kind of your intro character for a bit yeah um, and again this leads into the problems I have with the movie in that so as this goes on it turns out that the, Dr. Parnassus has multiple deaths with the devil when you find out the history of that and what's going on there what the current bet is and what the stakes are for and the, 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 the culmination of this movie is eventually the culmination of this latest bet and that's where the, the problems come in because you, like you said people are not are confused that Heath is not Dr. Parnassus yeah Um. Dr. Parnassus isn't even really the main character in this. You know, he's presented at first as Enigma, but then later on he's kind of the focal point character, and then later on he's not again, and then he is again, which is kind of worrying, you know? And the same with Heath Ledger's character, Tony. As the guy who's lost his memory and is trying to figure out what the hell's going on here with the mirror and things, he is your entry point character. Yeah. And then they don't use him as the entry point character because he pretty divulges from what the audience would want halfway through, pretty much like straight off the fucking deep end. Right, and so and, and at that point, that's when the kindness switches over to Doctor Parnassus's daughter, Valentina, played by Lily Cole, who uh, I, who I have a massive crush on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, I, I have no idea why. There's something about her face. <laughs> she just got a weird face. There's something about her face, dude. It's just like I'm all over that shit. All over that. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's quite good actually in this, but um, again, she's not helped by the fact that it, 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 it should be her movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. It should be her movie. It should be Heath Ledger's movie. It should be Anton, who's played by some guy I don't know, who's another guy who you know he's the kind of he's been there. He's part of the gang already. He's the, he's in the friend zone basically, and he kind of likes her and some of that. And you get Vern. Is it Vern Troyer's movie? I'm not sure either. Vern Troyer's in it more than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the main character. It's a bit hard to tell. Or it's Tom Waits. It's a bit hard to tell, and that hurts the movie then because. Some of the changes near the end kind of impact on if you were following there's, it. There's no sort of character through line that no, you can sort of no. uh, latch onto. Not very much. And near the end, it kind of t- for, for one character, it kind of turns into, hey, if this had been like built this way from the start, this would be an awesome end point to an arc. Mm. But as it was, the beginning of the arc was that he has no arc. Right. So then you're like, well, uh, changing tracks on me now. Um... Emergency editing, maybe? I don't know, but this is what they said, they haven't changed things. Well, of course, they, they might say that. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth. And uh, Heath Ledger's role in this is quite good. I mean, he does seem to have troubles with the accent. Everyone seems to have trouble with nailing down their characters. You know, Dr. Parnassus himself, fair enough, there's an aspect of the theatrical to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're on stage, they're on the, when they're on the stage trying to uh, pimp the, the Imaginarium, there's a certain element of theatricality to it. But within that, like Lily Cole and Heath Ledger managed to keep... The characters off stage and on stage is the same, and so does Anton. But well, Parnassus is asleep for most of those things, so it's pretty hard for him to have a through line. But then, at some points, he's a raving drunk. Well, that's fair enough. We've all been a raving drunk. At other points, he's sober and he's clear. But it's like those two characters—they don't seem like two shades of the same character. They feel a little bit like two different characters. Right. And um, the biggest point, which people obviously want to know about as well, is how they manage to fill the gaps when Heath Ledger's not around. Yeah. Just so happened that they managed, I think they managed to get all the location shots with Heath outside the mirror, and then they just replaced him for the shots where he, he's kind of just going along with these group of losers because you know what the fuck is going on with him. He's lost his memory. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually has to go through the mirror himself and mm-hmm. sees what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've never seen this years ago in books uh, for Terry Gillian. He's been working on the defective detective. Did you ever mm-hmm. hear that? Yeah. I heard and one of the scenes from that he wanted was a forest full of like school play trees I remember seeing a, like, yeah, a yeah, sketch yeah, of his yeah. and yeah, it has like a, the defective detective in the corner and like a Humphrey Bogart gear and the trees are all like two dimensional mm-hmm. and they get that image out in this and it's quite cool they're running around that's one of the things when you go into it's into your imagination and mm-hmm. if two people go in there the imaginations can clash a little bit mm-hmm. so when he goes through and they, they set this up anyway in the first part because the guy falls in mud and when he gets up his face has changed because it's how he sees himself right. how he might see himself and again some of the times Heath Ledger goes into the mirror He's with someone else, and it's how they would like to see him, or mm. they would like. They're looking for something. Some part of their mem- their imagination is projected upon him, mm. and so that's the reason why he changes into Johnny Depp, uh, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell, and, and Jude, Jude Law, Law or yeah. in the correct order, Johnny Depp, Jude Law, Colin Farrell. Right, and and he, I mean, they reference it. And they're, they're aware of it. They're checking the fish. Shit, what the fuck's going on? And other characters reference it as well. It's like, well, you look different. It's like, well, I'm, I, it's your imagination. So they kind of cover that off. Right. So the problems is that again, those the three of them don't seem to be different aspects of the same character. Right. Like Johnny Depp does his Johnny Depp. Yeah. You yeah. know the kind. Of, it's it's a little bit of Captain Sparrow. Jude mm-hmm. Law is very much wide-eyed and AI. Uh huh. And Colin Farrell. Which is a good look for him. No, <laughs> it looks. Re- there's a point where yeah, if you've seen the trailers, there's a point where he's in there with the ladders and he's Jude, walking Jude, across Jude the, the thing and he looks happy as shit and like he looks like a fucking. He looks like he's retarded. <laughs> he's he's gone full retard. Joe. And you never go. You never retard. go full retard. He's a simple fucking Jude. Jude Law is best when he's playing it cool. As soon yeah. as he starts starts going, his sense of wonder. He needs some sense of wonder classes. <laughs> and then Colin Farrell has a lot more heavy lifting to do than you'd expect. Johnny Depp's is kind of only a cameo. Mm-hmm. Jude Law's is kind of a good bit, and it's again, it's a, it's a it's a fault of the play, a fault of the screenplay. I think that 
for his introduction it's straight action for quite a bit of it and it's sort of the only hey it's Jude Law hey he's gurning like an idiot as opposed to having him talk in the some of the other scenes that have him talk a little bit like Heath Ledger does because he does put on his accent mm. does wander a bit like it's like it's a London accent right? you know what I mean? mm. it's like oh what were you Nelly what, what were you doing about? You know? yeah. and that wanders all over the fucking London completely but like they start off doing that and they change into whoever the person wants them to be yeah. and Colin Farrell manages that a little better but yeah it's like the, the third act is just messy and unfocused and again leaves you asking more not, it leaves you asking more questions than answers and not in the way like the plot wise as in the making of it wise it's like why did they go this way I mean like the last, that last quarter is mostly a Heath Ledger free quarter and they decided to still go this kind of way mm-hmm. this is the way they wanted to do it yeah so I mean I, a lot of the things I say you know hailing it as a masterpiece and all that stuff the CG in the Imaginarium is okay but I understand there's a, there's a shit like one thing I noticed first thing I noticed was there's a shitload of production companies at the beginning of this because Terry Gilliam couldn't get any money in the States hmm. he went all over so it was like just logo after logo after logo and halfway through I was thinking I think I've seen some of these in some Japanese horror movies am I in the right cinema? so uh, sad final farewell for Eat Ledger he commits himself admirably but it's the story I think is film itself lets him down a bit so worth seeing for see, you know, sport Terry Gilliam but, uh, and he does get actually there's one scene in particular which is pure Monty Python the kind of stuff he used to do. Yeah, but I mean, visually, is it is it? Just uh, me away. Didn't maybe you? maybe that's the it's a post Avatar malaise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It could. Have, I mean, it, it, it is very county struck. There is some parts near the end which are a little more like. I would, yeah, I would never ever compare James Cameron visuals with Terry Gilliam. Visuals. Well, that's what I mean. I mean yeah. It's like. But it's like okay. As a ter- it's, I understand, it's surreal, but it's also kind of. Some of the compositing is a bit messy. I see. A little bit like that. What else? And it's also you. <laughs> The lighting's not we're not matched, you know. No, they the have lighting. Like, uh. <laughs> Look, if there's one thing I was, I don't know how to. I was I, let down by the compositing yeah. of that shot. <laughs> Look, if there's oh, one thing God. I don't know, I don't about how they actually do this stuff. But there's one thing I can say: no, that looks fake. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I do have an eye for. It's like you're looking. No, kind no, of yeah, fake. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that. It's just shut up. Quite <laughs> punchy. Back of the head, but um. So yeah, I mean the worlds are okay, but near the end they get more abstract and a bit more real. And that works actually better than some of the completely off the wall shit. Mm-hmm. So that'd be good. But Tom Waits is a whale of a time. He's good all the way through. Tom Waits always has fun. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, he's always Tom Waits, and he does like some just fucked up things. Like he just like they have this. They do the stage is cool. It folds up into something that's very much like the was it Crimson Permanent Assurance mm. and the the little short before the life of Brian, right? Or before the meaning of life, life. <laughs> Book. That's the book, isn't it? You know the one with the, yeah, the, the yeah, insurance yeah. company yes. that becomes a Paris of the Red Sea. The, the, the building sails down the street. There's a shot that's very much like that going in the corner. That's a very vertical-looking trailer that the theater falls out of, and oh. that's very pretty, cool-looking. And that's a very Terry Gilliam thing. You know, this kind of 18th-century wagon in the middle of London town, mm. modern mm. London town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does see that. I, I don't know. If that's his worldview as well. There's a lot of company, you know, it's this amazing Imaginarium which looks pretty run down, and just the fucking scum walking around it, who have no eye for beauty whatsoever. Like it is kind of like modern life is rubbish. You know, mm. but um, interesting to see, but not something I think I'd watch again. Okay. All right. All right. Now we go on to your main course. Okay. Do you want to start with 2009, then do the decade? Yeah, let's uh, start with 2009 and do the decade. So our top tens. All right. Before we do that, we have an email. All right. Uh, this email comes in from Anne, and it's that's not from Anne. That's from Dave. Um. Question for man. In your opinion, what is the best dramatic performance by a comedian in a dramatic role? 
Wishing Samuel Meckett would stroll in with a red marker just so I'd know into which part of my coffee mug I should inject the adrenaline. From Anne. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, Anne. You're some weird listeners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, this was a no-brainer. I mean, as it is, when you have to pick one, obviously you're, you know, you know, you're excluding a lot of other really good ones. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's uh, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Yeah. yeah I, that's, I, that's, that's heavily dramatic. I, I, I loved that movie. I loved his performance. Um, and uh, it's, I was like I was saying to you earlier, it's um, for me, Robin Williams is very similar to Steve Martin in the sense that they're, yeah, they're, you know, they're comedians, but. Compared to some of the other more, like George Carlin is very verbal. You yeah, know, it's like he, he uses language as a weapon. You know, like Chris Rock, it's all, you know, it's it's all, uh, you know, like a, it's, motherfucker. It's dialogue based. I mean, yeah. they're very verbal. Yeah, and uh, Robin. And that could be that can be that can fit into dramatic roles yeah. or to and, movies pretty easily. And Robin Williams and Steve Martin are those types of comedians as well, but they ha- they have a, a physical aspect. Yeah, wacky. Yeah, to to their uh, to their act that. Also makes them seem to me always. I've always sort of seen them as clowns. Yeah, and uh, so it's to. S- it's harder for them to be shoehorned into roles as such. Yeah, and all, but also there's an el- there's an element of loneliness that I always uh, sort of um, uh, associate with clowns for some strange reason, uh, and uh, that it's really fucking scary. No one's going to be friends. With them. Yeah, you know, because everyone's seen it. Yeah, <laughs> or read it. Seriously, one of your friends says I decided to become a clown. Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Don't come. Get the fuck out. Leave now. You fucking pedophile. Yeah, what the fuck is with you, man? What's wrong with you? You like to hang around little kids? You sick fuck. There's something severely wrong with the whole concept of clowns. I mean, it's just like, hey, I'm going to put all this scary fucking makeup and go entertain kids. Like, not on my watch, you're not. Get the fuck out of my house. Look at this funny looking shape I've made with this balloon. I've made my ball and dumb. But... That whole element of loneliness really played into uh, his performance in One Hour Photo a lot, and I just found it to be a very heartbreaking performance. I really felt for him. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, that was the, the triumph of his acting in that because he's a creepy fuck, and in, in the hands of other directors, the story could be a slasher flick. Mm. You know, it, you know, it, it didn't come across as um, as a sick, twisted stalker picture. Yeah. Although you knew that was what you were watching. Yeah, you knew he was sick and twisted. But you, but you also sort of understood. You, you know what I mean? Like he made you sort of understand how he might become that way. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's um, a rare thing for any actor. You know, like of the highest caliber. Does Jim Carrey count as a comedian? Well, I mean, a very close second would be uh, Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. You know, uh, and it was. I did think about that for a little while. That's because like, that's where I was going. You know, it's because that is also a milestone performance. Yeah. And uh, and Jim Carrey, yeah, I mean, he he did start off uh, as a stand-up. As the white guy on uh, Living Color. color. Yeah. Living Color. Living Color. Uh, but prior to that, he did do stand-up. He never he never hit it big with no. it. No. Uh, but he did. Cool. And I mean, there's been a lot as well. I mean, you look at what was the guy we saw with the uh, Kevin Pollack. He gets a lot of like, he's one of those. Guys, he, he gets a lot of like dramatic background roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And, and not, Kevin Pollack is one of those stand-up comedians that I don't see him as a stand-up comedian. I see him as an actor. I see him as what was he? He's in one of the movies wearing a baseball cap. As Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. Yeah, 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 exactly. He, he was a uh, fucking uh, was it? Ah, oh, damn it. What was his character's name? Oh, I can't remember either. I can't remember either. <laughs> All I can remember is not verbal. The other guy is uh, uh, McManus. Uh, um, uh, fuck! What was Benicio del Toro's name? I can't remember. Oh fuck! Give me the fucking keys, In English, please. <laughs> What's that? In English, give me the fucking keys, Van Kaiser. What the fuck? <laughs> 
Yeah, let's think about sausage. <laughs> he's a butcher. Crazy, crazy, fucked up butcher. Okay, top five of 2009. Top five, okay, here we go. Alright, you go first. Oh, I can't, I have to find them. <laughs> I just I just went up and listed every movie from the for the decade and from the year and just went through them. Okay, so. okay, okay. Uh, we'll go one by one. I'll okay, okay. Number nine, uh, for me, District 9, I have to say District 9 was just to show that you can do sci-fi again, it can be cerebral. It can also have a bit of action and a bit of Iron Man in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yep. uh, but it was just like, even the beginning of it, the way they did the, the documentary style, if it stayed with that, it was quite good. I mean, yep, yep. the whole thing was just... Excellent, and Vickers Van der Veer is a character for the ages. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, like uh, he, I mean, this movie has. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that. This is in my uh, this is in my top five. Okay. Um, I mean, this movie for me, it has replaced Lethal Weapon two. As your favorite South as, American as, related as movie. My, this is my favorite South, South African <laughs> South African related movie. <laughs> You know, it's like suddenly it's like it's cool to call uh, prawns prawns again. Yeah, the prawns. Yeah, because I never liked the word prawns. I was always more partial to shrimp. Yeah, shrimp always sounded t- tastier in my in my mind. They're different things. It's like no, they're not. They're slightly different. In America, it's, you know, shrimp is a prawn. Basically. Yeah, I know. That's in America. Yeah, I know. But but that's what I mean. It's like I they call it a tap a faucet. I know, but I just prefer that word. It makes it sound more tasty. <laughs> prawn has a kind of ugly <laughs> fucking sound to it. Well, it doesn't now. <laughs> The prawn. Yeah, you to be careful of these prawns. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's amazing. You can, everyone's gone from everyone's South African uh, impression has gone from diplomatic immunity to studies all the way up to just like, it just expanded like, exponentially. I know, I know, I know. There's so many lines you can just do. Oh, and this is a real find. <laughs> oh, that was Irish. <laughs> this is a real find. Wasn't it? <laughs> Paddy from the rear. But but yeah, District Nine, as you say, like as um, great science fiction movie. Um, it looked so much more expensive than it actually was. Yeah, which was amazing compared to like all this stuff they have over Avatar, and they say like, "Look, what we can do." Yeah, and and also, I mean, I just felt that uh, it had it had the balls to go to go forward with it, with its convictions. I mean, yeah. in regards to the ending, it doesn't you know it doesn't it, pull the punches. It doesn't pull any punches. It gives you the ending, that and yet it manages to get a big kick ass mecha fight in as well as not yeah. pulling any punches. But it, it's it's that rare thing where the, the uh, a, a character actually gets uh, an ending that. It deserves. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a very beautiful ending in in, in some it's, since, a beautiful, it's a beautiful. Ending. It's it, you know, in some sick twisted way, it is quite a very. Uh, it's a very poetic ending. Yeah, actually, it's a very poetic ending, and that's rare, uh, especially in in science fiction. Yeah, and I'm hoping like because science fiction movies, even some like the really good ones, they tend to they get it right three quarters of the way, and then a lot of them at the end. Same thing with like horror is that they always go for the big fuck off fight. Yeah, it's uh, like it's it's it's. it's that's more, I think, it's more of a consideration from the money aspect of it. Yeah, is yeah. that nowadays it's like, well, sci-fi and horror sometimes like they've gone from the you get the low budget things which are just like you know slashes, fixing some of that, or I don't know. There's not there's, there hasn't been an equivalent in yeah. sci-fi until Moon came out, yeah, and uh, which didn't make my list. But hopefully, this and Moon will show that you can do these things on a lower budget because they have become sci-fi movies have to become they have to be the blockbuster and Avatar is not going to help that impression yeah. it's like I've got this little sci-fi movie that has one or two little aspects of sci-fi in it but that's actually a clever smart little movie mm-hmm. how did they get them done like a Scanner Darkly is a clever little sci-fi movie mm-hmm. I don't know if that made any money mm-hmm. yeah 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 so hopefully uh, so this show that you can make Scan- a movie Scan- for Scanner Darkly I mean um, it never got a wide release anyway yeah uh, but it made uh, I think what I think it made about 
15 million in the, in the US. Okay. Because again, you know what? District 9, made for 30 million and made shitloads of money. That's great. I hope to see more. Yeah. That I level mean, of sci-fi I'm movies. very excited to see what Neil Blomkamp does next. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's. There, the, the, it's you would never guess it's um it's a first movie yeah I mean it's handled with such Absolutely. such surety you know yeah. I mean that uh, it's uh, amazing 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 debut moving great, on to yours great movie um uh, Avatar I don't have Avatar Avatar I have it in here but it's like man no I mean like for me I mean uh it's on this list I mean like uh, as I as I said in the review um I have issues with the story mm-hmm. um. You know, there are things that don't add up for me, and uh, there are some. You know, there's. Uh, it's got more than its fair share of cheesy moments. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, was. It's one of those experiences. It's one of those. Uh, it is a amazing cinematic experience, mm. and I think, and it, uh, it it stays with you, even if it's just on some visual level. Mm. You know, I mean, for me, it it it, it's the, it the movie has stayed with me. Visuals from the movie have stayed. Sequences from the movie have stayed with me. Not so much the the dialogue bits, yeah. but it's more just uh, just the, the dragon firing the missiles into the tree. It's just That's the, what into my head. As it's just that. the sheer sort of epic nature of it that um, it is it is like a, the ultimate fucking epic, yeah. the ultimate fucking sci-fi epic in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like uh, visually, I'd never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so it's like uh, it's. It's not so much to do with like, did I like the story? I did like, I did like, the, I enjoyed the movie very much, uh-huh. you know. But it's just on a visual level. Yeah. It just, uh, it's one of those milestone experiences when you see something like, you know, this is the beginning of something. It's like when you, it's like the first time you see Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know, when you see like something like that brought to life. And before that you realize Jurassic Park three is going to be made someday. Yeah. Oh no, it's like the same. The first time you saw Terminator two. Yeah. You know, it's like that same sort of experience, and um, Avatar a- achieved that beautifully. I mean, uh, with that opening fucking sequence with the 3D, I mean, it was amazing. That made me, that, you know, that made me want to see so much more of this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's, I have very specific reasons for having it there, actually. Yeah. It's because to me, it is a huge cinematic achievement. Mm. Uh, it is a huge cinematic event, uh, you know, that uh, is going to be the beginning of something. Mm. The a beginning of another era of filmmaking, of, of event movie making. Yeah, I, I, it's not... Where is it? It is in my list, but I'm gonna move it out because uh, <laughs> it wasn't. A lot of other movies were like, I'd rather watch again. I'd rather, you know, I can make time for them again, or I look forward to looking at the DVD. I can watch District Nine over and over again. I think mm-hmm. I have no, I've watched it on the plane. I have no problem with doing that. Mm-hmm. Avatar, I think, might lose something a little bit in the repeat viewings. I'm not sure if it's going to become as repeatable as Aliens oh I mean it's definitely not going to be as repeatable as but that for me is one of my things that would be in my top 10 like mm-hmm. oh I, this is a top 10 for me it's got to be something I watch again, no, I mean, and, like, again and again no I mean like this movie Avatar for me is not a movie I can watch again and again and again however it is a movie that I that I would watch again you know <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and uh, that and, and really I mean when you talk about movies that you can watch over and over and over again it's really? The list is not quite as long as you like to think it is. <laughs> well, I think I might have a lower tolerance. Or a high, you might have a higher tolerance for bullshit than I do because I end up some of the movies I've watched repeatedly. You don't want to know. <laughs> uh, but but like I mean, like, seventeen times watching Ghostbusters two. Really, why was I that bored as a youth? I don't know, but for me, it's like uh, I, as far as two thousand nine is concerned, yeah. it just. Uh, the, the thought of excluding Avatar from this list just doesn't make sense well, because it, to me it's just too much of a cinematic milestone yeah well I have 15 movies in my top 10 so <laughs> it's not quite fl- it's a bit fluid Which if I was going to kick it out though I would kick it out for Crank 2 <laughs> 
Do you hear that cheering? <laughs> yeah, if it was Ian one McNally would <laughs> Avatar. The was a five hundred million dollar. Here it is, uh, a McYappin McYappin Fries uh, exclusive. Ian McNally declares Crank Two superior to Avatar. <laughs> Again, it's the it's the fact of what they are. I mean. Avatar had well, been know, pushed. James Cameron just fucking stopped listening yeah. right there. You know he's no, he maybe you know James is the type of smart guy. He might take this on board. He might say, yeah, I need to do more movies with Jason Statham. Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> and, I, and, and for the catering budget of Avatar, dude, uh, dude, James, James, if you're listening, Jimbo, bring bring the staff into Avatar Two. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fucking Stephen Lang's replacement. Yeah, he's the he's the company's replacement. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's let the staff play the the, the Giovanni Ribisi role. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see him gut and like kill and gut some some Pandora life form and go chicken and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> but Crank Two, for what it was, was ludicrous fun. It was ludicrous fun. That does not translate to <laughs> top, top five ten. movies of the year. We're going top ten, I think, at this point, all right? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. I mean, I, I, I really, like, again, just on so many levels, this worked for me. It was dumbass as hell. It was funny as hell. It took smarts to be that dumb. Action was great. A lot of just, like, kick-ass soundtrack. And just a lot of shots of Jason Statham looking intensely angry. <laughs> Crank two. I did, that, you know, that, that did cross my mind, but I was like... <laughs> It's okay. it's almost like a different different genre. Like it's not even a movie. It's, it's a like cartoon. A, it's, it's like it's like Looney Tunes. Exactly. It's a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. I like Looney Tunes. I love Looney Tunes. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, next one for me uh, would be Watchmen. Oh yeah. You yeah. kept it in. I didn't put it in my one though. Watchmen made my top five. Hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I don't have a top ten list. I made a, I made a top five list. Well, actually, it's six because one category has a has a tie. <laughs> uh, but um, Watchmen, again, it's a flawed movie, mm-hmm. but it it fucking blew me away. I mean, when I saw it the first time, it just blew me away mm. visually. To to see some of that stuff come alive was just amazing. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, and I should say that for all of the movies in, in my top five, I, I think they're all flawed movies. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, they all have um, things in there that I would rather not be there and, and stuff like that. But just on as a fan, I was so grateful for this film. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good adaptation. Uh, not perfect. Yeah. But fuck, look at the source material, dude. I mean, it's, it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard, dude. <laughs> I thought the director... It's like making a movie out of the tabula rasa. I thought the director of 300 did an okay job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like, who's doing the Watchmen, who's doing the Watchmen movie? The director of Dawn of the Dead and 300. What? Although I like Dawn of the Dead. I, li- I like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's he's a, a good, good guy. guy. I like him. Yeah. I got no problem. Zach, we love you, baby. <laughs> We lo- it's not that we don't want to see a Zack Snyder Batman we just don't want to see it yet we just don't want to see a Zack Snyder Batman <laughs> it's not we don't want to see one we just don't want to see one <laughs> Jesus but yeah I mean yeah I enjoyed it and stuff but I mean again no <laughs> I can't see myself sitting down through that again again the length is a problem that, 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 I mean there's a lot of factors into these things well it's like I mean to me it's like a, it's a movie of as you know as it is with any movie that you're going to say is flawed yeah. it's a movie of absolutely beautiful poetic moments yeah you know and um, that whole I mean I, it, it makes the list for okay for, for, a, for a number of reasons the reason number one 
the opening the opening title se- title sequence yeah. is in my, in my opinion the best fucking opening titles title sequence I've ever seen. Oh really? Uh, uh, Doctor Manhattan's uh, flashback monologue was beautiful. That's uh, the, the the what happened to him. Yeah, that was perfect. That, that was, was lifted straight. That from the was ball. beautiful. It was beautiful. Rorschach was perfect. Yeah, it was spot on. It Ozymandias was, It was ex- terrible Yes Ozymandias And the two, of them, the two of them Were the two poles Fuck you Ozymandias Fuck you uh, Matthew Good I liked, Sorry I liked you in the lookout dude But you fucked up Ozymandias yeah. Anyway um, Rorschach It's like It's my first time ever My whole Movie going experience Watching something Adapted from something I'm a fan of Where as soon as I hear the voice I'm like That's exactly how I heard his voice in my head Yeah It's like It was that sp- you know, like chills You get chills man It's like They nailed it yeah. <laughs> You know They nailed that part I'm not locked in here with you You're locked, You're locked in here with me. me Not even his face When he's even saying that Even his face And you go back And you uh, Like after I watched the movie I went back And looked at the graphic novel again He looks like oh, him Yeah that was kind of weird He looks like him It's beautiful You know um, This may be the so, first I am thinking of getting so, a PS3 For the Blu-ray you know, And like, this probably will be The first Blu-ray I get And I, mean, I, might, I might revise my opinion Then as well uh, I love Patrick Wilson as Night Owl. My only complaint is that um, even though he put on weight, he still wasn't as unattractive as um, I think um, he should have been. Yeah, should have been. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> he. He actually would have been a great Ozymandias. I mean, he yeah. is, you know good looking, got the build for it. You know, like good build. Uh, but I, aside from that, I enjoyed Patrick Will, Patrick Wilson's interpretation yeah. of that character, and I and I kind and I kind of liked and I loved the flashbacks. I loved fucking. Um, I, I, on one hand, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. In in other ways, it's kind of like, you know, almost too likable. You know, well, what he, I mean? he shoots it's, a pregnant girl at point blank range. I know, like, this I know. is the thing. I mean, but, but that's I, what I mean. He's so fucking charming. Yeah, he's and so that's, charming. That's why. I know. I know. It's like it, it's like. Mm, I w- wonder if that's but, America. <laughs> it's charming, but it'll shoot you in the uterus. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just like uh, for me, it, it was when it got to the point where I was like, I, I think, was it, I think Nadia said it. It's like you know, she didn't feel he was a ba- that bad of a bad guy, and mm-hmm. that's what that, that's yeah. because of that, him. Yeah, that's because of him. Uh, and that's a, that's a strength of the movie. Mm-hmm. None of his actors. absolutely. I mean, like uh, uh, I don't understand. I mean, and Carly Gugino as uh, Silk Spectre number one. I had no complaints. <laughs> um, uh, Silk Spectre, I, I I liked her. Yeah, this is all right. I mean, I mean, like uh, against the other guys, she looked weak. Yeah, but it's uh, for me. People giving out better. It's hard for me to say that she was weak because Rorschach and Comedian mm. and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like how do you play against? You, you that? can't play against. So those it's, characters. It's, an under, it's an underwritten role, kind of. Anyway, yeah, but. yeah. Um, I mean, and, I mean, and uh, I mean, fans of the comic will say that it's not as underwritten as it is in the movie. But I mean, like shit. Even if you were to put the Suspector story in there, yeah. I mean, this might sound a little like assholeish of me, but it's like it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, compared to the other characters in the story, uh, you know, I mean, Watchmen is one of those titles that if you're gonna adapt it, it's it's a given. You're gonna dump shit. Yeah, you're gonna lose stuff. There's no way you can put everything in there. Be- 12 hour movie even the biggest fans of the graphic novel I think would not have the patience no. to sit through a movie if uh, a completely faithful that adaptation lasts a day yeah <laughs> it's like yeah it, it would be a fucking festival yeah you'd have to do like a <laughs> I mean I've never even done the three Lord of the Rings movies back Shit. to back I just no <laughs> you know it'll be longer than a Springsteen concert mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for my uh, I left it out it was bubbling under but for me I left it out in favour of Star Trek uh huh yeah Star Trek came close 
Yeah, they make you a top ten, though. They did make me a top five. Yeah. I, I, I just made a top five list. And again, for I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We agreed on top. Five. I know. We agreed on top. But that's five. when we had a I'm, third man. I'm gonna stick with the top. Five. And then the third man's gone missing in Vienna, dude. The, 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 the third man probably would have come up with the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest difference if we had the third man here is that I would have an Avatar supporter. Yeah, that's true. And I have a black eye from nominating Crank. <laughs> No, he's, a, he's a man of peace, dude. Yeah. He would never throw a punch. No, no. He just, he he just, he just cut me to the bone with a withering comment. But uh, now, Star Trek, I mean, I've seen this movie about four times now. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. It is a really good reboot. It, they just did everything right. No, I, I enjoyed that movie very much. And uh, if I had a top ten list, it would be on there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, for at the end of the day, for me, it, it remained just a very, very, very fun movie. Yeah. It didn't sort of. Uh, blow me away in the sense like it was just like you know walking out of there like going woo yeah. you, know, you know what I mean uh, I enjoyed it a great deal yeah you know I thought it was great fun it was a great popcorn science fiction movie yeah uh, but also I mean uh, but for some strange reason it didn't have the or, uh, or I, I really because uh, I, I watched it again I mean I watched it twice and the second time um, it was still fun but it's like I have no desire to see the third time really you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a kind of died in the world trekkie, so. But I mean, no, I mean, I'm a, star, I, I am a, I am a huge Star Trek fan. It's just that uh, that particular tone mm-hmm. for me, it's like there are certain scenes and sequences that I could watch over and over again. Yeah. But like to watch a whole movie again, that, that's what I mean by like having movies that you can watch the whole thing over and over again. It's not a long list, mm-hmm. really. There, I mean, like there are movies that like. Uh, that you can never get tired of in the sense that there are just moments in that movie that every time you see it, like, you're, 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 like if you're on your way out, you turn yeah. it on, it's like, uh, oh, that scene's on? Oh, I yeah. gotta watch that scene. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, in terms of like watching like the whole fucking movie again, it's rare. There's not many of those movies around. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's your next one? Uh, next one, uh, it's, uh, it's sort of a tie between these two movies, like for, for, the, for a genre. Uh, Zombieland and The Hangover. Okay, comedy is Com- a genre. <laughs> zombie land, I was like, is there zombies in Hangover? <laughs> comedy. It would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> would have been great. There's our zombie movie. But, uh, no, I mean, like, um, uh, these two movies, I thought were hilarious. Yeah, I really yeah. like Zombieland, and Zombieland is to my top ten. Yeah, yeah. Definitely my top ten. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, Woody Harrelson's having a ball. I mean, perfectly cast. I just I just fucking love it. It's just movie. fucking funny. It's funny. It's a, a lot, funny it's movie. So many of the jokes just work. And that's, exactly. that's, that's so... I say this all the time but it's so rare these days and it, every so often a movie comes along that reminds you how rare it is that you get a movie that you're actually belly laughing through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. so much of what comes out is called a comedy it's exactly. not a comedy and exactly. this is fall off your couch laughing yeah I mean like are you it, gets, it gives a double tap to my phony bone <laughs> but I mean that, that's what I just love about it is like well, it's all of the shit that, pe- that people scream at the scream at the movie uh, the mo- movie screen when watching horror movies yeah. the fact that they actually have all that just laid out in front of you on yeah. the screen I just loved that it was, do uh, cardio. it's like it's amazing that, it's amazing that no one has thought to do it before yeah you know uh, but laugh quota as well like equally for me like I laughed my ass off watching The Hangover yeah you know it's uh it, it's it's it reminds it's really the, my favorite. <laughs> no, but and like that Mike Tyson scene, yeah, with Phil Collins, it's like Mike Tyson, uh, fucking dancing to in the air tonight. Is that's genius? <laughs> it's genius, and um, there's a tiger in the bathroom. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's uh, it's one of those. It's that genre of movie, like uh, the, you know, like uh, the, the male camaraderie movie. Mm. You know, where if you can get the synergy between the cast right, yeah, it 
it just uh, takes the whole movie to another level. And uh, Todd Phillips, the director, uh, just seems to have a knack of knowing who to cast in these kinds of movies because he also like directed uh, one of the other really great examples of this genre, old school. Yes, yeah, I was going to think of that. Yeah, you know where you uh, you're like Mavis Blue. I've never liked any of those three actors more than I've ever liked them in that movie. You know, like Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, and Luke Wilson, to yeah. me, that's that's it. That's your peak. That's yeah, just that's good. awesome. That's awesome. You will never be as awesome as you are in this movie. <laughs> and um, what's the guy, Zach Galifianakis? Yeah, yeah. Who's I mean, been, he's doing everything. He's now. doing everything now, but up until that, uh, he'd never been in anything. And he's just great. He's, he's awesome. I love him in it. I mean, like, you no, know, the casting was, was genius. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper, I mean... Bradley Cooper did a great job. I mean, like, they, they were all fucking The dentist awesome. guy who can't remember the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff, is it Jeff something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but you were good too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it was nice to see um, Heather Graham come back. I haven't yeah. seen Heather Graham in a movie in a while, and it was nice to see her again. I forgot how much I loved her in License to Drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude, it's um, Roller Girl. Roller Girl, Boogie Nights. Mm. Okay, over to me. Uh, for my animated movie of the year is not up. Cloudy? It's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. You've seen it? I've seen it. Yeah. Watch awesome. this. It's awesome. awesome. When did you see it? You see it recently, did you? Uh, I saw it uh, about a week ago. Yeah. A week, week or two ago. Just, again, just, I think uh, I saw on a website recently that had the first six minutes online, and it is like, it's, I think it's some of your criticism level of Pixar, mm-hmm. they managed to circumvent that. Those opening minutes with the kid in the coat, yeah, with yeah, little yeah. him, mm-hmm. that's so cute. I know, I know. But like, not saccharine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like... Oh. That's, that's, that's what I loved about the movie it's like it's not on my top 5 but if I had a top 10 it yeah. would be on there uh, is that because I did seriously consider putting it in there I was like uh, yeah, should I you know, should I be nice there should be an animated movie here oh fuck yeah. them yeah. you know but uh, that movie did this very well is that you had your sweet moments but it never felt overpowered yeah it never felt like they were trying to go for for, for the emotional jugular yeah you know it's like it was very truthful in that regard it's, it's like the same with who's the main actor who's the main character his voice uh, Bill Bill Nader Bill Bill, 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 Bill Hader Bill Hader yeah. yeah the voices never overpowered as well either like you know it's Jimmy Camp yeah. you don't realize it I didn't, you know it takes a while to sink in yeah and, and the same with Mr. T it's like yeah. same with Neil Patrick Harris I mean it's uh, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris awesome and that's another thing like uh, where this movie kicks Pixar's ass is that the uh, the whole voice decoder thing what are they thinking as far as I'm concerned the monkey and Cloudy is way yeah, funnier better than the dog way funnier than the dog and gummy bears <laughs> like that's my favorite in, 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 in the element of lick 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 this goes on lick. it's so it's so weird it's brilliant <laughs> mustache <laughs> and that, the scene at the end where it's like Clint Dad Steve uh, Sally Steve Mr. Whatever Steve <laughs> Steve Ross. <laughs> and when he thinks a giant hot dog and he's in the mustard, he doesn't say mustard, he just says yellow. Genius. <laughs> Absolute genius. Like, genius with a, uh, a chance of meatballs. I really thought it was just really, really funny. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you are about to be crushed by a giant corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> so many gags that just were on the button. I was on the plane when I watched it last and I was laughing my ass off in the middle of fucking night on the plane yeah yeah it was, uh, no, it was a very funny movie very funny very good my my f- most favorite animated movie since Kung Fu Panda nice okay over to you again uh, 500 Days of Summer you know, you're all good in your top 5 yeah. 500 Days of Summer yeah. yeah made the top 5 it is the 
It is uh, the best romantic comedy drama I've seen in a while. Mm. Um, Didn't make my top five ten. I mean, and maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe it's because of uh, like my own experience in, in, in this department that maybe it sort of um, uh, had, had an effect on me. But I just love the way they played. I love the fact that 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 it is kind of a you know it, the, the whole aspect of every other romantic comedy that comes out this year. It's gender switched. Yeah, like she's the crazy, insane. Yeah, oh, sorry, she's the like. One thing to settle down thing, and he's an asshole or whatever it was. That you, yeah, he's a, in this uh, one, it's kind of the opposite. But it's the opposite, and also it, that's not just the whole thing. But what There's I more to but it. what I liked about it was that I, I liked the fact that we saw it out of sequence. Yeah, you know uh, that really appealed to me, and it, and actually made a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, in just looking at it from a relationship point of view, there were so many things that really uh, were very truthful to me mm. uh, that that I just responded to, and I thought it was very cool. And even the whole like sort of musical uh, sequence in there. Didn't bug me. Yeah. And normally, those kinds of things kind of bug me. Oh, that was kind of sweet. Yeah, and you know, and again, so like same thing with like Cloudy is like you manage to put this sweet thing in there with and have it make sense in the context of the story without uh, making you feel like you know you're being you know it's like you know if, you, if, you, if you're not feeling this right now, it means you're fucking dead inside. Yeah, you know that kind of shit uh, that that I always kind of have this adverse reaction to. But with this also sh- a great quitting speech. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and uh, but. But it was uh, also the ending. I loved the ending. I loved the because uh, that's also very true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a very truthful ending. Is one door closed, another door opens. Exactly, exactly. You know, without giving away too much. No, <laughs> there's doors involved. I mean, you should know. I mean, you'll know at the beginning of the movie that this is a relationship that didn't work. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're not going to end. <laughs> I mean, one thing maybe why it didn't get into my character. I mean, again, it is. It gets my list maybe because it is like the, the core of the movie is that it's his perspective. Yeah, and. We never see ourselves as the psychopaths in the relationship. No, possibly not. And Zoe Desandel comes off as a fucking psychopath. And you know, and she never came across really as a psychopath. She just came across as someone who is um, not right for him. I guess she's not right in the fucking head. I never really saw her as this really bad person. I mean, she bad, just fucking insane. More more like kooky. Well, we have different tastes. That's different. (laughs) Definition of kooky. I mean, we have have different tastes. I mean, my main thing is like what I liked about the movie is that I wasn't this. Even though I agree with you, it is totally from his perspective, and uh, I she would, comes off as a total bitch. She definitely comes across as the the more problematic one, mm. uh, you know. And I would very much like to see a sequel, actually, from her perspective. Mm. You know, I think that could be a very interesting sort of companion piece to mm. that to that movie, like similar to how you know before sunrise and before sunset. Has Summer got a group back? Uh, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> give it a name. <laughs> but it's. Even though it is told from his perspective, what I like about it is that I never... I mean, yeah, she is the, the she is a pain in the ass. She's the villain of the piece. She is the villain of the piece, but I never really saw her so much as a villain. I, I saw I saw it as, you know, like... Um, it's like it's like watching a car crash. You know, it's like watching a car wreck. You know, you, you can't look away. No. It's like... That, that's what I really liked about it is that, is that to me, it's not necessarily... There's anything wrong with these people? It's like these two people are just not meant to be together. Yeah, but they don't know that. But they don't know that, and I, that's oh, well, I, one of them does. But the other one well, doesn't yeah, get it yeah, for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, you know, and and I and I kind of understand that. Yeah, you know, and and uh, so so it's and it's, so in that regard, I really enjoyed their take on that sort of aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. To you. I gotta pull. A, I gotta pull a five out of my ass now. All right. Fuck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Drag me to hell. Drag me to hell. Yeah, it's it's beat out Outlander and taken to to the number five spot. <laughs> Outlander made your top ten. I love Outlander. 
Jesus Christ. I just like it. It's a decent B movie. It's hardly the <laughs> It's the best B movie I've seen in a while. But that that elevates it. It's it's like it's, it's, it's that's why it's five. It's what like else you got in this <laughs> Jesus. Why is the, why is my name on Asterisk with Avatar? No, it's because it's gone from the list. I, mean, I, see, I, see, I see, I see, I see. But um yeah, I mean I had Outlander taken I mean, does this, does, you know, sometimes you just want to put your brain in a park and just watch a good action movie, and these were the good action movies I for the year. I can't believe Outlander made your top ten. I mean, I mean, I got some love for the, for the picture, but Jesus, <laughs> top ten of the year. It's quite a year, man. Uh, but no, um, yeah, i got to be Drag Me to Hell. Drag me to, does that make your five? Um, drag Me to Hell, it made, it made my ten. Didn't it made your ten. Five. I mean, that was my horror movie for the year. That was... Kick ass, just and it was as I said. I think we discussed in the review. It was so much more funnier than I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize it was going to be all that slapstick stuff that Sam Raimi does so well. Yeah, yeah the trailers yeah. and stuff thought it was like him going back to his horror roots. Yeah, I just forgot his horror roots were horror, horror with, comedy, uh, horror, horror with a banana peel. Yeah, exactly. And it was fucking hilarious. It was, it was, uh, it was a beautiful return of form. Yeah, uh, I, I loved it. I mean, like, I laughed my ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where something that he does very well is that because it's so relentless yeah. that you know it's coming. You know it's fucking coming. She has a fucking anvil in her head hanging from the roof for no reason. <laughs> Other than to just be there. <laughs> to drop on someone. It's like, how did it get up there? Why is it there? Why couldn't she store an anvil on the ground? What the... Is Justin Long that fucking strong? <laughs> the possessed goat? Yeah. <laughs> the, possessed, the possessed goat is just genius. And of course, the ending without giving anyway is pretty cool as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Justin Long actually has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. It's a complete throwaway line, and it's moving on to it's the the scenes fo- starting to focus on something else as he's saying it. Yeah. So you might miss it. Uh, it's when like uh, he invites her back to to his parents' house for uh, for dinner, yeah. and there and when and like she made she made the cake that is it a cake or pie or yeah, something, yeah. and um, they're like, oh, this looks very good, you know. And then Justin Long just has this line, he's like. Um, you know, like uh, you, you're like you only won't like it if you hate delicious food, or something like that. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like you won't, the only way you won't like it is if you is if you hate delicious things, or something like that. And that line just cracked me up. <laughs> I was like giggling. No one else was like. <laughs> that reminds me of something else during the year. And also that post that that calendar, the cat. Hang on, Hang on baby. baby. Yeah, yeah. Especially from what happens in the cat. That was like, oh whoa. Oh man. But yeah, I, really, I, I thought you put that on your list. So I thought you liked it that much, but I, I really thought that's my horror movie. Again, I'm trying to, co- I'm trying to cover genres as well. That's the way I break it down. Well, almost. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it made my top ten. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Like, Mr. Fucking Outlander. <laughs> hey, it didn't make it. Jim Caviezel cocksucker. All right, that's over to you then for the last of the top five. Uh, no, I've already done that. No, have you? That's fine. Yeah. Avatar, District 9, Watchmen, Hangover. Oh, because we had over, we had overlap, yeah. Yep. Alright, cool. Alright, now we've got to do the decade a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you All go right. first. Oh, I went first last time, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, okay, now before I begin, I should make it very clear that um, in choosing a top five... <laughs> we need I mean, five for a decade? I, I, have a, I, have, I have a top ten list. Let's do ten, because it's just... The whole re- again, the okay. whole reason why we do this podcast is because when people ask us what's your favorite movie, okay, okay. It, they, they need to ha- have a chair ready, okay, because we right. will go on. A bit. All right, okay, so here it is. We just uh, do the reviews a little shorter. Okay, it's top ten. Right, uh, but in choosing my t- in choosing my top ten, um, 
it's like uh, as I, you know, like there, there may be some surprising choices in here, but it's like how I've gone about choosing my top ten is that it's movies that when I when I saw these movies, they just blew me away. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, now all of these movies I've seen more than once, and I still like them the second time. Uh-huh. Um, but balls to the wall. But ball, I mean, balls to the wall is like when I when I saw these movies for the first time, it's like they blew me away. They really just took me to a different place. It was everything that's great about what's what's great about going to the movies. I had the exact same thing. In one case, the place that took me was France. <laughs> but that, that's that. that's kind of how I sort of because uh, I mean I did I uh, like I did look at sort of like a critics list and stuff like that. Yeah. But I didn't look at any of those lists until I had already made my list. I just look at the list to find out what the fuck came out in the last ten years because I have a memory of it. Yeah. If it's not work related, unfortunately, yeah, but, I have to. Pass but I, but I looked at those lists after I had made my list, yeah. and then just to see, like, had I missed out anything? And even after looking at those lists, I still stand by my list. I mean, yeah. like, for me, on a personal level, for my own reasons, these movies blew me away when I saw them. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just get it out of the way. Um, and this is not in order. No. Okay. Because no, it, this is like choosing your children. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just get it out of the way really quick uh, because I've already covered it. Avatar. Oh, you made Avatar because that, that's your, is that your only top. That's the only two thousand nine movie. That's that made my the top own, 10? that's my only two thousand nine movie that made the top ten. Oh. Because, as I explained before, <clears throat> it's just it blew me away. It was a, it was never lost on me watching this movie that this is something special. Yeah, like uh, for for things to come in the future. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, yeah. So like. I, I pretty much covered everything I like about Avatar in the last yeah. one, so let's, so let's just move on. So starting at the beginning of the decade, I have Donnie Darko. The first time I saw this blew me out of the fucking water. It was a puzzle wrapped in a pastry, wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in chocolate fondant. Donnie Darko is an awesome movie. Yeah. It didn't make my list, but it's an awesome movie. I just loved it. Uh, it wasn't so bad in the director's version, but seeing it in the cinema the first time, the questions you have, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, we mentioned The Matrix. We discussed this having lunch about The Matrix, how it had a great, one of the last great, like, uh, online advertising things yeah, yeah, yeah. and Donnie Darko had an awesome one as well where afterwards and this is the thing I always think they, they let the side down on mm-hmm. with uh, promotional websites and stuff is that they have a question there that you answer if you've seen the movie and there's more to be seen mm-hmm. whereas most of the publicity sites you see these days they have like cool stuff but they don't want to give too much away uh-huh. whereas I want I want a screensaver of that awesome battle in the third act yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can't get that because the movie's you know, it's a publicity so they don't want to give the, they don't want to blow yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they should. This had that, and I was like going through the site and like listening to shit, and there's like phone records and all this kind of stuff, and just read chapters from the book, and it still makes no fucking sense. But it's a great movie, awesome soundtrack, love it. It is an awesome movie. It is an, yeah, and it's got some some. I mean, like it was a beautiful surprise. I remember I had no, I was not expecting it. Yeah. To be as awesome as it was, uh, you know, and as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, why didn't it make my list? But, I've, got yeah. tears of I've got tears of fears running through my head right now. That is one. That is a genius sequence. That, that, that the speed it up one. Yeah, yeah. That that, that mm. sequence is beautiful. It's a beautiful. And there's a beautiful uh, alternative version of um, uh, it's a mad world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone knows that by now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's fucking on everything. Um, Gary but, Jill, but, but also, I mean, there, there there are certain parts in that movie that just crack me the fuck up yeah. when they're talking about that whole thing with the Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> that was genius. Yeah. It's, it's like, like it's Papa Smurf. It's like he. <laughs> Like uh, all the other Smurfs gangbang Smurfette. Yeah, yeah. Papa Smurf videotapes it and then whacks off the tape. <laughs> <laughs> and I love his mom and dad. They're just awesome in it. Yeah, his yeah. dad is cool. His dad is awesome. Yeah. His dad is awesome. And his sister and everything. And that woman, she's, and she's gotten pigeonholed doing that role where she's the like, you know, the, the crazy the, sort of crazy. Yeah, yeah. She I'm plays like, a very what similar. What are you doing? <laughs> she plays a very similar character in Extract. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I'm, I'm not working. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> just. 
<laughs> he told me to move it, like, forcibly move it into my anus. <laughs> Something like that. And Patrick Swayze's last great performance. Oh, it was in fantastic. My, in my opinion, uh, that was his last great performance. And again, I kept playing against type and awesomely. Yeah. And, I mean, that, and, that and that all the questions you want to ask him. That's fucking, fucking self-help gurus. It's like, well, pain is good. Man. That fucking promotional um, video for his self-help thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but Donnie's rebuttal to that was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, awesome. Awesome movie. Over to you. Um, Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings, I didn't realize they all three came out in like 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah. I knew they were in consecutive years. I mean, I mean, I suppose you could, you can, like, you're supposed to count it as one movie and it, like, one, one whole story. And I, and I do, but. Um, With the pay for three, well, I'd pay for but, six. But uh, my favorite out of the trilogy has always been Fellowship. Fellowship is here as well. Um, I mean, Fellowship just. That again, has the Balrog. Again, right? it's, it's like. That's for the Balrog, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's I like, cried like a little girl. And I knew what was happening know, in the second book. I know, I know. It's like. I fucking bawled. <laughs> no, but, but that's what I mean about, about like in, in choosing this list is like these are movies that when I saw them the first yeah. time, it just it was amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I was you were in Middle Earth. Yeah. I was blown away. I was you like, oh my Middle fucking god! That's and they like, got rid of some Bombadil. Excellent. I know. Awesome. You know, I mean, just like uh, within it was one of those uh, it was one of those rare experiences that when I saw it within. You're wondering how in, can they pull this? Can in, they pull this off? And then it's like halfway through, yeah, they're going pretty, no, they're no. pretty good. And it's like, oh my fucking god! No, it's like, like for me, it's uh, when it's like a minute into the movie, uh, it was like, uh, I was like I knew this was I knew this was genius. Yeah, with that with, with the prologue. Once you hear Kate Blanchett's voice, once you hear that line set. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and the like, music's yeah, doing yeah. the thing. Like I feel it in the water. You know. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of. Sh- and then the, that prologue in, is. Amazing! Yeah. I've never, I've never had the, that. With the, with the, with the, the previous yeah, one, yeah, the War yeah, of the Ring, yeah, 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 fucking War, War of the Ring. Yeah, it was just it. it yeah, it, it, it was like oh, there we go. Awesome! You've achieved. You know, my mouth is on the floor. The movie hasn't even started yet. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's just genius. It's how I it's how I would imagine people um, our age felt the first time they saw uh, A New Hope. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's the that's the closest I can come to. It's like where the digital just have a, a mind shaft is the imagination. Yeah, they yeah. just pull out, and that's that's what Middle Earth is. And it was just um, a perfect combination of just passion and uh, the right people, like uh, the yeah. you know, like uh, Sean Bean. Again, it's the only one with Sean Bean in it. Yeah. That's, and he's awesome in yeah, it. Yeah, he's awesome in it. Yeah. His death fucking broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it's like that's that's what I mean. You f- there, there's. It's you give a shit about everyone. About everyone. No okay. one. It's an ensemble piece, but there's no weak character. You care so much about every single character in there, you know. And it's uh, and it was just genius casting. It's one of the most perfect casts I've ever seen. Yeah. Thank God, Stuart Townsend. Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> didn't make it. Aragorn is the bomb. I mean, can you think about how <coughs> different a movie would might have been with Stuart Townsend playing Aragorn? He's the heart of the movie. You know, it's like. You, you don't buy that character Return of the King dies yeah you know because you don't want the king to return no but he uh, and, and of course yeah Gandalf perfect Gandalf Just Ian McKellen perfect perfect um, you know like and, and major props to Elijah Wood he gets a lot of shit for being for being a whiny little bitch but, but he's, that's his role but that's his role yeah he has know? a thrust upon him there's so, there are so many people who are like you know like you fucking shit read the fucking book that's the character yeah. <laughs> like you know he's a junkie <laughs> he's a junkie I mean no, uh, Peter Jackson and Philip Boynes uh, in, in interviews they they made that very clear that that's how they looked at photos that he's a junkie yeah. you know and, and that and, that's, and that Sam is his sponsor <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I love all three of those movies, but for me, Fellowship just fucking, it just blew my mind. Yeah. It was an amazing film. I want to watch it again now. <laughs> Fuck. You know, and that scene where after uh, after Gandalf uh, dies, inverted commerce. Yeah, after this, you shall not pass. You know, you know, after you've just like uh, you know when you're already bawling your eyes out. What pushes you over the edge is when you see Frodo just walking away, and like they call him over there, and he turns around on that one solitary tear, that look of devastation on his face, like that just pushes me over the edge. I'm like, oh no! But, like, it was like Orlando Bloom says, "Give them time to grieve," and everyone's like, "We can't wait." Yeah, that's like. Oh, that's- I can't wait either. The movie's gonna end soon, and everyone's gonna see me. Coming. That that sequence, that 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 whole sequence when they run out of the fucking um, uh, troll caves, yeah. is the best piece of acting I have ever seen Orlando Bloom do. Because he does good. Go- he gives good run. No, it's, no, 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 no. It's like that scene where you focus because everyone's like crying and everything, and then you realize like the elf doesn't understand death. Oh yeah. You know, so he's sort of like, what just happened? And I was like, that's, that's Gandalf. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, 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 that was a beautiful way to do that coming. Now that I've seen other Orlando Bloom performances, you wonder, yeah. like, if, you know, like, if he was Did really he acting. Did he even know what he was maybe, doing? Maybe, maybe that was him emoting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but no, that was just, I mean, I don't think any one of those actors will ever do anything like that uh, ever again. Yeah. You know, I mean... They'll, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably all do good work and do put in good performances. Oh, but how do you, how do you top that? But you know, that's just it. All right, moving on to my next one. I mentioned that you know, movies take you away. This took me to France. The uh, this has fucking so many names. I know a lot, but the Fabuleux Destin d'Amelie Poulain, also known as Emily from Montmartre, also known as Emily. Emily, yeah. This movie I've watched it so many times now. I just again, it has that thing we were talking about earlier about the sweetness of uh, Claudio Chance Meatballs, but from my opinion, not being saccharine and over annoying, mm-hmm. and it's also a puzzle movie. And just the look of it is—is is it Jacques Pelletier? Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, I've, he did uh, *City Lost Children*, right? Yes. And *Alien Resurrection*. Yes. <laughs> What's the other one he did between? There's another Delicatessen. one. Delicatessen. Delicatessen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the visuals, the color. A uh, very long engagement. Very long engagement, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I need to watch that again recently. I watched it uh, when it came out and mm-hmm. I realized I need to see it again. Uh, but um, yeah, just everything about it. Audrey Tattoo perfectly cast in this movie. You just, you're just you on board with this. And just the level of quirk in it is awesome. The, the, the suicidal goldfish. I must confess, I've never seen it. You've never seen Emily? No. It, when it came out... Uh, it's over there somewhere DVD. Like I was at a period in my life where it's like I saw the trailer and I'm like get this fucking movie away from me yeah and, and uh, it, it was just a period in my life where it's like I saw that trailer and you listen to a lot of the Smiths and the Cure um yeah <laughs> Nick Cave <laughs> uh, but it was like just one of those things where it was it was uh, personally a very difficult period in my life uh, and, I, and I just remember very clearly when I saw the trailer for that movie the very first time pisses me off I just watched the trailer and I'm just like fuck this movie I'm not watching this <laughs> and for some strange reason have never seen it oh my god you have to take it you have to watch it so, so, I, so I can't you're, comment you're, you're in a better space now right? <laughs> I'm, in a better, I'm in a better space now better One, space. I mean again I, I watched this a couple times on DVD once I, just, I watched it and then straight away I watched it with the director's commentary and he, the movie is very much, I think, a reflection of the, the director's character and <laughs> that he's like talking about it at every five minutes. He's like, yeah. he's, he's like, yeah, we, 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 we buffed thank, thank God I'm not a professional film critic, right? Yeah. If I actually had to review this yeah. movie, <laughs> you know, if, I, if I was like, uh, in, like in, in that particular state of mind, yeah. I actually <laughs> had to watch this movie. One of the best reviewed movies of the year, except for this one guy, <laughs> gave it half a star. <laughs> 
Said it's the biggest lying piece of shit. <laughs> like optimistic crap. <laughs> oh, <fuck you. laughs> this movie pissed me off. The end. But um, the director himself, he's talking about you know we, the, the color in this movie is amazing. They really like it's digital color applied to it, and it's very technicolor like. But in certain muted ways, I can tell. It's, I can color. tell it's a beautiful movie just yeah. from the fucking DVD cover. Yeah, yeah. Just from the DVD cover, just the way like that that the, the compositing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of that through it. Like you know, there's lots of little quirky scenes of like her, you know, talking to her duck shaped lamp. And also, I can tell it's a beautiful movie because I mean that director's a genius. Yeah. I mean, uh, City of Lost Children is one of the most beautiful movies. Uh, it's fantastic. Know. Yeah, it's a great movie. Delicatessen is just fucking off the wall genius. And this is so. This, and this is a love story, which yeah, we'll have to see um, whether you like it or not. But he's always saying, and, and, he's, and he's, he's reviewing, he's, he's, he's and commenting I, on his own movie. And as he goes through it, every five minutes, he goes, "Oh, this scene! I uh, this is my favorite scene in the movie. I loved it." <laughs> you know, and then like, he's like, he talks about the compositing yeah. and the coloring and how like that to put that effect. And it's like, "Oh no, 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 no! This scene, this scene, is my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I love this scene." Well, so he likes his movies then. <laughs> and it's like. It's a sweet movie. It's hard not to like. It's no, very no, hard no, not no. to like. And you come out of it. It's a, it is a feel good movie in the no, decade. I know, I know what you mean. I haven't seen. A very, it just occurred to me. I haven't seen a very long engagement for the very same reason. Really? No, that's a bit more hardcore. For the very same reason. Different, different. Uh, same state of mind. Different chick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's Frank. Oh shit! When the Runner Alone came out. That was nineties. That was nineties. Yeah. Yeah. That's Frank Potente there. But yeah. But yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay. Emily, if you haven't seen it already, okay, I'll give you the DVD, Gavin. <laughs> okay, uh, next one for me: um, Batman Begins. Oh, Begins over the Dark Knight. Yeah, really? Yes. Why did you do that? Um, because you know what? I'm sick. I mean, don't get me wrong. Before before I continue, you should know I love Dark Knight. Yeah. The main reason Again, this podcast the, exists. exists is because of the Dark Knight. <laughs> because we, were, we, we needed an excuse to talk about it every yeah, yeah, week. Yeah, you know, we were three hours down the pub wasn't enough. <laughs> no, exactly. So, so I think I think it's been proven during the tenure <laughs> of this podcast that um, that I am a huge fan of Dark Knight. Yeah. However, you know what? I was just again. It was uh, it was the first time. It the movie just blew me away. I was so. Uh, overjoyed to see it given that kind of um, uh, weight yeah, and, and, uh, uh, reverence. reverence and um, but more than anything I was just so happy to see a Batman movie about Batman yeah you know I mean if you look back at all of the Batman movies none of them have really been about no, about Batman. the Joker or the Batman you know it, or, or, or sometimes I don't know what the fuck it's about you know as in Batman and Robin yeah you know uh, it's like it's gay a, disco it's, porn it's, a, it's about yeah nipples on suits <laughs> exactly Bat skates. <laughs> you build ice skates into your bat boots just in case. Just in case. You need to go ice skating. Exactly. Uh, so, Please. in that in that regard, it was to me it was one of those uh, beautiful little, you know, Nuggets. like uh, beautiful little perfect perfect movies. You know, um, it's uh, I thought Christian Bale was um, and still think Christian Bale is perfectly cast as uh, as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, not so much as Batman though. <laughs> I, I think he's a great Batman. I think he needs to stop doing this. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a bit much. Yeah, it, it is, is a bit much, much. But it's still, it's, he's, ba- he's, he's the goddamn Batman. You know, I mean, exactly. I and wonder, does he walk around saying that? <laughs> Can I get a table? Oh, we're all booked out, sir. Goddamn Batman. Probably. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think he probably, I think he probably says, Oh, good! Oh, God, God. <laughs> good for you! <laughs> Taxi! <laughs> Taxi! What? Turn the base! <laughs> Well, so so what? You're a nice guy. So what? I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. You and me, we're done professionally. 
<laughs> but um, it, it, I, yeah, it was just like uh, it, it was just just to see Batman on that sort of grand operatic scale. Yeah. Uh, as I was, I was just uh, I was with a plot and stuff going on and not just acting. A, I mean, a, a, a real a, plot. Acting. A yeah. real plot. I mean, you gave a shit. Yeah. You really gave a shit about about all of these characters. I mean, I thought I thought. My, my, I mean, my only sort of complaint with it is really sort of kind of some of the Liam Neeson bits didn't kind of work for me. Uh, That's um, something I had about it, actually. But, I mean, more, but more than anything, it's just like, to me, it was just, it was just a great Batman story. You know? Yeah. And, to, and, uh, and, and, I, and I liked, and it was an original story that I wanted to see. Yeah. You know, I, it's like, fuck yeah, this is an original story I can get behind because what's great about Batman... Uh, and and what what this movie got right is that they recognize that Bruce Wayne is the fucking main character. Yeah, Batman's an aspect of him, not the other way yeah, around. Yeah, you know, Bruce Wayne is the fucking psychopath. Yeah, Batman is not the psychopath. Bruce Wayne is the guy who's fucked up. You know, and that's what you need to get under. And none of the other movies achieved that, in my opinion. It's like it was all sort of like you 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 are told he's a superhero. He wears a suit. That's all you need to yeah, know. Yeah, and that you are told about his dark side through expositional dialogue, but not through how he behaves. Yeah, you know, He's still a hero. Of the you piece. know, it's exactly. Whereas with this one, is that, and that was why, and this is one of the reasons why Christian Bale is so perfect for it, is because Christian Bale does determined <laughs> better than any actor <laughs> yeah. I can think of. You know, when you look at Christian Bale, if he says he's going to do something, you fucking believe he's yeah, going to yeah. do it, you know, because... They're going to dress like a bat, fuck yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just uh, eat two apples and drink one cup of black coffee a day and become a skeletal frame. For the machinist. You know, for the machinist, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he just has that look of sheer just... Um, Determination. Ferocity. Yeah. You know, that you, you would have to. Someone who's going to push himself to those limits, you would have to. And which is why, for me, in The Dark Knight, as much as I love Heath Ledger's performance, I don't believe that Heath Ledger necessarily stole it because of the foundation built in Batman Begins. Mm. Is that okay? Now you can now you can have the villain come in yeah. and take it over because now we understand. But you know, even with like, I just I mean I, I had the, 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 the Dark Knight in my top ten uh, because it's just it was a clever plot. It was a great. It was a it's great a crime movie. movie. It's, a, it's it was, again. It's the Batman we've uh, we talked about for years. The yeah, ones yeah, you want to yeah. see is where it's like there's something for him to unravel, and he has an adversary worthy of it. It's not just. It's a great. It's, stupid. A, it's a great movie, but I think for me, the, the deciding factor was sort of like watching it for the first time. It's like the Dark Knight doesn't have the first time thing anymore. I guess. But I mean, like, it had the first time thing in Heat Ledger for me, and that was like. And it was awesome. Tell you how I got these scars. No, it's awesome. Yeah, and it was awesome. I mean, it's a great movie. It's an awesome movie, you know. It's just that for me, it's uh, it's it's that whole thing of seeing it done properly. Yeah. When I watched Batman Begins, it really did feel like I okay, you know what? I feel like I'm watching a Batman movie for the very first time. Gotcha. You know, it, it does not feel it's the it's the closest feeling I've ever had to like you know when you're thir- when you're fucking twelve, thirteen, watching Tim Batman's Batman for the first time. Tim Batman's Batman. Tim Bur- Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> Tim Batman's Burton. Tim Tim ba- Tim Batman's Burton. Burton. Burton man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, he just sits around and draws really dark. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you know, like now as an adult, you look back at that movie and you, and you, you know, it's like it's not a, it's not Batman. Yeah, and the '89 you know, Batman is referred to. Yeah, the '89 yeah. Batman. But it's like when I saw the '89 Batman for the first time, it was like Fuck yeah. it's like awesome. Then you realize how did, how did how did he get down from the bell tower at the end when he's hanging there with your one yeah. killer? Yeah, mm. interesting. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and it was the same feeling. Uh, as an adult, the closest I got to feeling like I was twelve, you know, it's just uh, wa- watching watching Batman Begins. It felt like I was watching a Batman movie for the first time, and it was done great. They nailed the tone beautifully. Yeah, 
And that leads into my next one, um, which I don't know if you're going to give me shit for this, but was the 2007 Transformers. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> they managed to I take... Am, I am a huge fan, but yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. Of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> because it really was. I mean, it really was taking it and actually, again, in a similar way, but with toys, <laughs> taking, you know, something that was so ludicrously ludicrous yeah, 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 yeah. and turning it into... One shall stand, one shall fall. I'm pulling it off. I just like, I came out of that movie and I was, my brain was like, or it was, just, it was leaving the solar system and we just felt blown so far out of the back of my head. No, I mean, I, I was like, oh my God, how the, what? Oh. No, that, I, I mean, I, I love the first Transformers. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, again, it, 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 like when the beginning of the movie, uh, I mean, it's not on my list, but it does deserve honorable mention for that, what I'm talking about when you go see a movie yeah. feeling like you're 10. Yeah. You know, Transformers had that in space. Whooping and hollering. <laughs> you never take your finger off the kitty fun button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's uh, like uh, the beginning of the first Transformers when you hear Peter Cullen's voiceover. Yeah, it's like in the beginning was the cube. I just got a, I just got hard. <laughs> I got a movie chubby. <laughs> I just. I just I have, I've watched it since and again it's just like I could just watch it over and over again it's, just, no, that, it's not so much the second one but like it's just it's it's tight it has what it needs it has the limits imposed that it needs to have imposed so that the the baby does not he can't fit in as many as he does in the second movie yeah, to yeah, annoy yeah. the fuck out of you yeah, yeah. and there's enough quality that outweighs that and it's like they took the concept of cars to transform into robots and made an awesome fucking movie about it that's an achievement it is an achievement <laughs> oh god I managed not to piss over it's, anyone's childhood although, apart from pissing all over John Turturro it's not a it's not a movie that I can uh, watch over and over again however it is a movie that has sequences I can watch yeah. over and over again you know and again like going back to what I'm saying it's hard to find movies I know, I know. that you can just watch the whole thing over and over again well we're doing pretty good on the time so we can do the 10 if you have 10 okay yeah I got 10 okay I got 10 then because like, I think we've lost one there when I was reshuffling them but yeah so yeah that was Transformers is my number 3-ish so uh, back to you okay uh, seeing as you said number 3-ish I'm just again can I say this is a no actually order. no it's probably my 4 this is a no this is totally random no this is my 3rd one right? as okay, in, okay, like okay. Third one, okay this Fourth. might surprise you Moulin Rouge Really? Yeah. That didn't come out that time? Yeah. Moulin Rouge was 2003. Was it? Yeah. Really? And yeah, it was 2003. I remember because it was, uh, I, I saw it on opening day in the States. And uh, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It is, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a big musical person. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the genre. But the fr- when I saw this movie the first 2001. time. 2001. 2001? Was it 2001? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. You just made it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was mistaking visits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2003 was we had the Matrix trip. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I did not. Never mind what you did when you were over there. Well, you saw some movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I did not fly to the States in 2003 just to see the Matrix. <laughs> um, you cannot be told what the Matrix is. You have to fly halfway around the world to see it. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, anyway, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. The first time I saw this, um, it just uh, it blew me away. It really did fucking blow me away. I'd never seen, and it was just an assault in the senses. It was. I mean, it wasn't Diamond Dogs. That's what I'm thinking right now. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is a movie that, um, uh, like, going. If you want to talk about, like, uh, is this a, is this a movie I can watch over and over again? Uh, no, it's not. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it twice, and um, and uh, I enjoyed it the second time, but 
I knew I probably wouldn't enjoy it a third. Every movie you've talked about, I get musical themes going through my head, and Come What May is going through my head right now. <laughs> and I haven't seen that movie in like eight years. Uh, for me, I mean, like, I mean, Come What May was like sort of like the the central song. Yeah, that was the throughput. Yeah, yeah. Throughput. But for, I mean, that was their main theme. But for me, the song that always is always stands out for me is uh, Roxanne. Uh, that 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 tango version of Roxanne. Because of the intercutting between uh, what's going on with the characters and the actual rehearsal of the song, oh, yeah. it was—I uh, mean, just yeah, like uh, you know—and and also because these were songs, all of the songs that Baz Luhrmann selected were songs that I love. Yeah, I love these fucking songs, and 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 it just so happens that the actors could sing. Yeah, they, they you know they could pull it off, and it was just that whole style and just the vision of it, the audacity of it. Just I was just swept away by, it. and I come from the theater, so <laughs> so it's like there is some of that. Yeah, and, and, and John Leguizamo on his knees on his knees with you know? shoes on his knees I know and, and it's like and, and I just thought like Toulouse Lautrec I knew I was going to fucking love it when um, right in the beginning when you have John Leguizamo doing Nature Boy that was one of the most beautiful renditions of Nature Boy I've ever heard in my life <laughs> and when I knew for a fact that I mean it was just the way it was shot yeah. you know just the you know it's like it felt it musical felt, mayhem it felt so fresh yeah it felt so fresh, and it's, it's, it's to this day. I mean, like we've had Chicago, and we've had Nine now as well. But they even, I think, I think from what I've seen, they all those, pale. They're more stagey. They this all is like pale. this is a cinematic experience. This is a movie, and it has a stage elements to it because it's a it's theater, a, it's but a, it doesn't limit itself by it's, that. It's a musical that has the balls to be something more than a musical. Yep. It has it has the balls to take up to you know to take on new new ground yep. and become a proper cinematic experience that's just loaded with awesome songs. You know, I don't agree with all of the fucking songs. I, yeah. mean, I mean, like, there's, uh, it's like, you know, it's like some of it is uh, skippable. Yeah, you know, chapter skip. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like there are some sequences that I like better than others. Yeah. But when the experience, experiencing it for the first time, uh, is just uh, it was an amazing experience for me. I've since then gotten kind of uh, sick of it because I, like, you know, a couple of years later, oh no, I think about a year or two later, I, um, uh, one of my, f- uh, I, I joined this dance troupe. And they were all into Moulin Rouge, yeah, and so like, they, yeah, I did uh, that dances in clubs and stuff. <laughs> and uh, th- you know, I was rehearsing with all of these gay boys, and they all like were hardcore into Moulin Rouge, and, but they all just bitched all the fucking time. Really? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, ga- I mean, gay boys. Let me tell you, I mean, they're, they're all nice guys. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but God, they fucking bitch about everything. <laughs> it's like everything. <laughs> It's like this one bead of sweat that's rolling down my back is terribly annoying and it's ruined my day and I'm going to ruin your days. <laughs> I don't feel like dancing anymore. <laughs> okay, how many that's for you? That's four for uh, you? That would be four for me. Four for you. Okay, so... I, don't know, I can't be on five before you, can I? We've had, we had an overlap, yeah. Yeah. So, for me then... It's, oh, shit, hang on. That's the one that I'm missing. Shaun <laughs> um, of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead it has to be Shaun yeah. of the Dead you this, have that in yours? yeah it's on mine yeah. this made my top 5 yeah it has to be Shaun of the Dead this, ra- this rounded out my top 5 yeah my top 5 would have been Avatar, Fellowship Batman Against, Moulin Rouge Shaun of the Dead yeah I did I knew I. hey I'm massively prepared uh, I was moving things around <laughs> I was moving things around a bit and I was like hang on a fucking second so yeah Shaun of the Dead Shaun was just, Dead just awesome. like, having been a fan of space and like after having seen also so many UK TV shows or you know uh, talents go into movies and piss it away, and to see so two guys just uh, three guys just achieve so much, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just to be so awesome be and so iconic, yeah, yeah, it's, it's iconic. It's like iconic. Someone, I think, I think every it's, it's every fun. Halloween party, someone has to be someone has to have red on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? It's, um, it's just uh, 
I mean, it's just genius. It's a genius movie. Throwaway, just little you know, lines. It's, it's lightning in a bottle. You yeah, know? I mean, uh, the Mark Frost's uh, impression of Clyde from uh, <laughs> from Every Which Way But Loose. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, I don't know. I think it was on another podcast that I was listening to, and it's like. I think they had the music playing. Because yeah. again, an awesome soundtrack. They have a really good choice of music and some things you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, he's like, you know, I think it's uh, Sam Pegg is talking about it. It's like, look, he's not that bad. You know, he really likes you guys. He comes over, any of you cunts want a pint? Can I buy any of you cunts a drink? A drink. <laughs> it's like just genius. And it's what happens and to the people who aren't the heroes with a zombie apocalypse. And, 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 and they have no idea why. The repeated shot at the beginning of him going to get a Cornetto's. It's the first movie of the Cornetto yeah, yeah, trilogy, yeah, yeah. and then they repeat the shot, but everything in the background has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just too hungover to notice. <laughs> Genius. Uh, uh, the DJ scene, you know, Saturday. Uh, hold on to that one, uh, Prince. Bat dance, chuck it. <laughs> and also, um, the uh, uh, one of the parts in Shaun of the Dead that I always remember that I love so much is uh, after um, uh, he's been dumped. And uh, he's in. He's at the Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> and he's. They got and like fucking um, Nick Frost is telling the stories of all, all the guys in the bar. It's like cockasidal maniac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the outtakes on the DVD have like he's just making shit up for those characters yeah. and it goes round and round and round. Genius. <laughs> and the mid. Oh, cafe. The midway twist. Or not midway twist, but the twist in tone more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Where yeah. it goes from jokey funny to like, oh my fucking god, this is, is that hardcore? Actually, is this actually happening? And it's like, and that was that's what elevated to art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is not just a jokey zombie movie. This is fucking serious. I mean, like, uh, what's great about it? I mean, is that it's uh, as it is with all great comedies. Is that comedy doesn't mean fantasy. No. You know what I mean? Comedy is like you got to treat what's real as real. Yeah. When when something bad happens, you got to allow that moment to. You know, like, uh, and they definitely gave it a lot of breathe. Yeah, it's you know, there and it's like fucking yeah. Yeah, but but you need to because when something like that happens, yeah, you need to give it that weight. Otherwise, you don't feel the loss or connection. Oh yeah, but well, I mean, fair enough. I thought being like a lot of zombie movies, they get rid of like the throwaway characters or the characters who are dipshits. You don't really care. It's a comedy thing that they get their ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was I thought it was a ballsy move to put in that character. Yeah, having that happen to them and having the Sean's reaction. reaction yeah, have the reaction be as real as it was, you know? Uh, in it's not Philip anymore! <laughs> you know, and it was the same, but they, you know, and they had sort of visited that, that territory before, kind of like in space in that paintball episode, yeah. where they play like that fake death, they play it completely real. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you replace that dialogue with, you know, more serious dialogue, it would have been a very real scene. Yeah. But yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Shaun awesome. of the Dead. I'll put this in ahead of Hot Fuzz because this is the, again, this is the first, maybe more like your, your Batman Begins versus Batman, The Dark Knight. This is the first and it proved that they could do it and Hot Fuzz just kind of continue the trend. Yeah. All right, that's the top. Uh, Although Hot Fuzz, I mean, like to me, it's like they are equal in so many ways. In so many ways, yeah. yeah. yeah in so many ways, they are, they're equally as good as each other. Yeah. It's just, I, I guess it's because also like, uh, the, the, the buddy cup genre is a more tired genre yeah and which is against zombies really you're saying that are you no no in uh, zombie comedies at that stage it was the first really it, it was, yeah 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 you know it was it was uh, one of the I think it probably was the first yeah. zombie comedy proper zombie comedy proper like balls to the walls not yeah. just a zombie movie with yeah. comedy elements whereas, whereas Hot Fuzz is a great movie but it's a genre that you're all very familiar with yeah. but it's still a great movie Yeah, but it's referential to that as well yeah yeah alright quick we've got, we got three good times we're still at 145 I think we've got time to do the next five mm-hmm. let's hit it 
Okay. Uh, this is going to be very. Uh, this um, next one for me uh, yeah. would be Reservoir Dogs. What? Oh, sorry. No, no, no Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Did we fall through a crack in time there, Gavin? Yes. That's how much I love that movie. <laughs> a movie that didn't even come out in the naughties is, is your favorite movie, The Naughty. What's really funny? I bought on DVD in 2001, man. It counts. What's, re- what's really funny is that this is actually on my list. I mean, I actually, I've actually been thinking Reservoir Dogs is awesome. Seriously? No, hang on. I'm not even looking that up. I watched that. I was in secondary school no, 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 when I watched no, no. that. It, it is an old movie. Why the fuck did I think it was? <laughs> I was like, I, I was. I remember just like I, I just. I bought on DVD in 2002. It counts. I just remember it's like oh, there's got to be something. I'm missing something. Reservoir Dogs. How can I leave out Reservoir Dogs? Because it doesn't belong. <laughs> Have you got something else? Uh, yeah. Oh, did you mean something else by Reservoir Dogs? Uh, no, no, no. I actually meant Reservoir Dogs. That movie's awesome. <laughs> it deserves to be in every top ten list of every decade. Of movie. <laughs> I never, I didn't know you could do that in movies. <laughs> when I when I saw Reservoir Dogs, I was like, I've I've never I've never seen heard dialogue like this. <laughs> this guy talks how I want to talk. <laughs> Let me go to back up. Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Eternal Sunshine is spotless mine. Yeah, I had that on my list as well. I mean, that was. Oh no, I don't. <laughs> I moved it off. I moved that off. You moved it off for what? Outlander. <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. Just I couldn't. I had. I had difficulties putting my top ten because it is. The level of quirk in it is a little off-putting at times. It doesn't follow the, the standard structure, and that's what's good about it. I mean, I like the the. Jim Carrey and Clementine it's, uh, stuff I loved all that it was just like some of the other stuff with the recall not recall ink what are they called lacuna ink yeah yeah some of that was a bit too quirky for its own goodness I mean for, for me what, what I uh, one of the reasons I, I loved it so much I mean I liked the quirkiness but to me the quirkiness wasn't the the main factor I yeah. just uh, I just really uh, it was a thing of that where you have a technology or you have this weird shit going on usually in a movie it's a little kind of uh, uh, more accepted it's not saying you can't do this you can't do it that way but like you can have it where um, the the reality section should be reality, and for me the reality section didn't feel like reality, and that might be the point about it. Well, I mean, it is it is one of those things where it's like um, it, it, it is it is one of those things where it's like if, if you want to base it in logic, it could be you could have uh, quite a lot of problems with it. But I didn't think about that so much. I was just really sort of swept away with their by their relationship. And Elijah Wood freaked me out. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, like the the the, the his the, character freak me. His out. character is pretty free. Yeah. It's like stealing Kate Winslet's panties. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, more than anything, it's just I just loved the love story. I thought it was a really, really, really good love story, and it was a love story that I felt was very honest. You know, it a, it, again, it kind of it's kind of similar to Five Hundred Days in the sense that these two people are are they're, they're going to kill each other. Yeah. You know, but, but and they're going to do it all over again. But to me, that that's very sort of closely connected with, um, uh, you know, love in many ways. Is that there is sort of that duality to yeah. it? There is sort of that extreme. You know, it's uh, what what sort of attracts people, different people, and also it's just it's it's uh, anchored by just an amazing um, two central performances. You know, like yeah. Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey. I mean, are they're sublime in this movie? Yeah, that's great. You know, and. Uh, it's it's the only time I've seen Jim Carrey disappear into a role. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, actually, like, yeah, like, since then he's done a lot of crap. Yeah, you know, but he really disappears into this role. I mean, you really don't see Jim Carrey after a while. No. 
Uh, and that in itself is just, I mean, it just sells the whole thing. All of this, the, the moon, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of aspects of the movie don't make sense, like, in, in, in by taking this whole quirky route, Michel Gondry, his style, you know, but to me, it was like, some of it was interesting, some of it was like, do you need it? Not, not really. But what blew me away with that movie was just, I was just so emotionally drained by the end of it. You know, it's just that the movie moved the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it, it was, uh, He's losing his mind. There, there are, there are men. It's like love stories don't really work for me a lot of the time because I just don't agree with how they're executed. There's got to be a hook like he's losing his mind because he's, he's got her memories erased. There you go. It's, got, <laughs> it's like it's got to make sense <laughs> as well, you know. But what what was great about this is that to me, to me, um, you know, love whether it's good or bad, it never really makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this is that it embraced that, and as a result, became. A very honest uh, sort of look at love, in my opinion. Yeah, good movie. I didn't have it in my ten, but uh, I left it out for Anchorman. <laughs> That's my outliner for the decade. You're dead to me. <laughs> I can't believe Anchorman made your top ten of the decade. <laughs> Two thousand four. It's, it's. I mean, I, I considered old. I considered old school. I considered about a boy for the comedy aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Anchorman is consistently whack job funny all the time. It, I, sorry, it works 60% of the, 60% of the time It works all the time I agree with you Anchorman is a very funny movie Of the decade? Yeah <laughs> well, What comedy do you have In your list? Perfect shot of that Don't look at my list <laughs> <laughs> You're frantically editing it yeah. No 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 Like for comedy Comedy stylings wise I just It was unexpected It was crazy shit I've only got one comedy. It's got jazz flute I've only got, I've got I've only got one comedy in there. That's Shaun of the Dead. I, yeah. got, I got another uh, co- like. You're a humorous bastard. I, I suppose you could call it a dramedy. A dramedy. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I laughed a lot when I saw it. Oh, was that when you first watched the Seventh Seal? <laughs> Seventh Seal. In my burgers. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, You're in a black moon, and this seemed to lighten you a little bit. No, it's just no, no, no. When you said that, I didn't think in my burgers. I thought the Demi Moore Seventh Seal, the Seventh Sign. That was the Seventh Sign. Sorry. Demi Moore and Michael Bean. But just Anchorman, it's just the the the, 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 the idea that like you know newspaper news 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 uh, channel anchors are uh, gang the school kid schoolyard gangs and just the language they use and the way they treat Christina Applegate and how she gets back at them and fuck you San Diego and just the whole setup of it is just I don't know how they got funding for it and the fight in the middle. And the people who turn up for that fight yeah, is just great. You, great. you reckon with that Latino news? <laughs> I don't know why everyone's shouting. I'm just shouting anyway because they're shouting. Thanks, Brick. No, it's a great movie. Like, so for me, that's uh, that was one of my, that was my, one of my comedies of the decade. Again, might have something that I watched it again recently, but there's so many lines in there. Quotability is something that does have to factor into these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the, the quote, most quotable decade, movie of the decade, I think, because I love Lamp. Okay. Back to you. Um, Into the Wild. I haven't seen that yet. Into the Wild. Um, again, this movie uh, just um, uh, just emotionally just drained the fuck out. So Into the Wild, <laughs> this is a little bit more obscure than the other ones you've seen, which are mostly blockbusters and stuff. But this is the one about the guy who just went walkabout and disappeared. Yep, pretty much. And they kind of it's slightly fictionalized what until the end because obviously no one knows what until the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was uh, it's basically this guy who just. Just leap, just runs away with nothing but the shirt on his back and uh, just a few things, and just goes out to live in, in the wild. Yeah. Basically, he just wants to get back in touch with everything. But it's sort of um, it's one of those movies that really just sort of really makes you think about what's important to you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and again, it's it's those kinds of movies are hard to pull off. It's hard to pull off a movie that makes you think without being without having you feel like you're being beaten over made, the head with it. Yeah, being be, beaten over the head with it. And uh, Sean Penn directed it, and it did an amazing job. No. And uh, Emil Hirsch uh, should have gotten an Oscar nomination. Right. He should have gotten an Oscar nomination. An Oscar nomination for this movie. He was he was amazing. It. Well, he was thinking, you know, I'll probably get one for Speed Racer. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He was robbed. <laughs> he was he was robbed of that. But uh, I mean, but you know, but this is a movie that uh, it, you should see it. Yeah, you should see it. And I, I think I actually have it on DVD. There, I just bought it a while ago, ages ago, and I've just been like, I've heard so much about it on the podcasts and magazines, and it's just like, don't have the time. I mean, like, uh, I mean, there's 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 not much to give away. I mean, like, uh, the story's pretty straightforward. The guy goes, in, you know, in the his, execution uh, is awesome. Hmm? The execution of it is that what's yeah what's yeah. It's just uh, I mean, it's um, it's sort it's it's a it's a sort of a it's a journey. The whole movie is this guy's journey, and just uh, the, and it's just fucking tragic, yeah. <laughs> you know. But it really sort of makes you think about what what do you need in your life, you know? What's going to complete you as a person, you know? Like what 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 makes you happy? What, what are the things that, that are important to you? Yeah. You know, it's like uh, when when you know when push comes to shove, what are the things that mean something? You know, uh, and this movie like really sort of hits that home in a very really cool way. I mean, I was just uh, at the end of the movie. I was just drained. You know, it's like uh, didn't didn't want to talk to anyone for like an hour. Really? You know, it's just like uh, I need time to sit down and just think, of, think about what I just saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you really get to again. It's like as it is with any movie that, that has it's worth weight and salt is that you give a shit. Yeah. Is that you care about this guy? Uh, and so yeah. Cool. For my kind of this could be an arty movie, I guess, but uh, I have there will be blood. 2007 this is probably the only three hour movie of the decade I've watched more than once really? Yeah. you haven't seen Fellowship more than once? okay maybe but it's the most recent, recently when the Fellowship came out I had time dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're working now you're working and shit but uh, yeah I've seen this a couple of times and it just the music that opening sequence of just no dialogue explaining what's going on I drink your milkshake that you know just and the, that's so weird at the end for having that and like it's, it's what's going on it's just it's a big big ass western and you just don't see them anymore like you see modern day trying to do westerns which end up like the quick and the dead mm-hmm. but this is big ass big country big story mm-hmm. and I just and um, Daniel Plainview uh, Daniel Day-Lewis playing Daniel Plainview just was a magnetic throughout it I thought mm-hmm. and just the story of it the way it went about it I just was I really really enjoyed it mm-hmm. What do you think? You seen it? I haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it. Yet. I still haven't seen it. Jesus Christ! I got it at home. Every time I'm gonna see it, I'm like, three hours, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and it doesn't. And it doesn't. And it does not help itself if you're gonna watch it first on DVD because those first ten minutes or so, you're like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's Johnny Greenwood screeching guitar and Daniel Day Lewis falling down a mine and then crawling back to civilization, and you're like. Where is this going? What's going on? Who are these people? Well, I mean, now I, I already know too too much about it for me yeah. to think. Uh, to, I already know it's good. I already know it's a good movie. It's worth watching the three hours just to hear him screaming. I, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard you do it so many times. I'm probably going to be disappointed when I actually see it. It's, no, no, you won't. Like, that's that, that's not how Ian does it. It's Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> He's awesome. That's not how Ian does it. <laughs> Doesn't sound. <laughs> But it, it is just uh, just visually as well. I mean, there was this and there was no country for all men as well. Kind of aiming for the same areas. Like 
those old school westerns where there's just some shots of maybe a cowboy just standing you see them maybe on the, the AFI when they honor one of those cowboys yeah, who's yeah, died yeah. and then those shots of them standing there and it's just fucking desert and it's a, you know in 169 yeah. letterbox it looks huge yeah. and there's a lot of that in this and it's the taming of the west cool without guns kind of. and just just family shit mm-hmm. it's good highly recommend you should watch that Jesus Amelie in this you have not seen fuck man it's just two <laughs> of the decade of the decade yeah so one year so far <laughs> uh, next to me would be Wonder Boys really yeah just, uh, just the beginning of the year 2000 right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 2000 it was 2000 or 2001 I, I checked it out actually I think it was 2000 but yeah it was an odd quirky little movie uh it was just uh, for some strange reason I just loved that movie yeah first time I saw it second time that is a movie that I can watch over and over again yeah I mean like um Wonder, Wonder Boys I mean like a majority of these movies in here I can watch over and over again yeah uh, but Wonder Boys is out of all of them Wonder Boys and Shaun of the Dead probably uh, tie watch the most I, I could, yeah I've watched the most uh, it's just um, although I haven't seen it for a very long time neither have I actually you know it's like Wonder, Wonder Boys I mean like I think um, I might have seen it in the cinema yeah, I saw Wonder Boys in the cinema. Yeah, it was just—it uh, was like this is just a beautiful fucking movie. And for those of it you was, wondering what the fuck we're talking about, it's not a Tenacious D movie. It's um, Michael Douglas, um, uh, Francis, Francis McDermott, um, Robert Downey Jr., to- Toby Tom McGuire, McGuire, and Kate, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom McGuire is pretty funny in this. Yeah. Tom McGuire is pretty funny. Robert Downey Jr. is fucking hilarious. He's a <laughs> this was when Robert Downey Jr. was this is part of his wilderness years. This was uh, uh, this was Robert Downey Jr. back when he had the legendary Robert Downey Jr. Uh, reputation. Yeah, <laughs> this was probably one of the ones he showed to the Iron Man guys. Going, look, I can turn in good work even when I'm fucked up. Yeah, please let me do this. But uh, it was directed by um, Curtis Hansen. Yeah, who is uh, a very underrated director. He doesn't get enough props. He directed uh, L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Um, Eight Mile, fucking some good movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate his work. And uh, Michael Douglas is playing this uh, lecturer at a at a at a university at a very um, prestigious university. He's also an author, isn't he? He's done his first. He's book. also he's an author. He had a, he had his uh, first book out, which is part of um, a lot of uh, people's. Uh, it's on it's on the, a lot of syllabus. Yeah. And um, he's he never done a second. one Never done a second one. He's like been working on it for like the longest fucking time. And um, apparently, like uh, he, he does have a book, but it's like over two thousand pages. That's terrible. <laughs> <coughs> and he just starts hanging out with Tobey Maguire. With Tobey Maguire has to stick around to- for the to- weekend. Tobey Maguire is um, one of his students. Uh, so is so is Katie Holmes. But Tobey Maguire is one of his students who also happens to be a little bit of a uh, writing project. Yeah. Um, uh, he's written this um, written this book, if I uh, called um, the Love Fair. Uh, which is supposed supposed to be like brilliant. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays Michael Douglas's um, literary agent, and um, and Frances McDormand is um, the wife of the uh, dean, I believe, who um, uh, Michael Douglas is having an affair with. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Michael Douglas, uh, this was this is I would say the, the first time that Michael Douglas truly embraced his age. Yes, and played a character his age. He's older, you know, um, and. Just he was great. He's a fucking pot smoking junkie. Pot, pot smoking fucking. Asshole. But something something happens with Tom McGuire's character, and he has to hang out with Michael Douglas for the weekend, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the hilarity ensues, and yeah, yeah, yeah. just and growth. Yeah. 
But it's just but not in a second. It was way. just one of these be- beautiful, low-key sort of character movies that just uh, you know, I just loved it. Yeah. I loved the dialogue. I loved all of the performances. I loved the way it was directed. You know, is um, what's great about Curtis Hansen is that he's all about telling a story, not showing off. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, dirty man. Yeah, exactly. And it's just great, great fucking movie. Well, we get to get to my last three. They're all. Superhero movies. <laughs> Last three? Yeah. Yeah, one, two, three. I got three left. How many you got left? Uh, I got one left. Oh, we've overlapped on a few. Yeah, and also because I said Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You broke your couch. <laughs> that was last week. Um, okay, well, I'll go through these quickly. So, for me, it's... Um, Iron Man, Spider-Man 2, and The Dark Knight. That, that, they polish off my 10. Iron Man, because it's Robert Downey Jr. being fucking awesome. Is that your final one? No? No. No? What's your final one? 25th Hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I haven't, I still, I haven't seen that one, so that, that ties it up then. There's two of mine you haven't seen, there's two of yours I haven't seen. Yeah, it's just... Uh, again, it's like, first time I saw this, it just fucking blew me away. Yeah. It was just an amazing movie. So this is uh, Edward Norton, he's got like 25 hours before he has to go to jail, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing cast. Edward Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Spike Lee directed, uh, Spike Lee directed it. Um, Brian Cox, um, Rosario Dawson, Barry Pepper, uh, being good. Yeah. <laughs> Two words just flashed through my mind. Battlefielder. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and it's, it's really just um, about that you know the, the that last day. Yeah. And he's sorting his shit out because he's gone. He's gone down for a while. He's gone down for like six years. Yeah, but it's just. Um, it was just. It was very poetic. I mean, everything about everything about the movie, and also it was the first um, movie that really addressed um, the the whole sort of uh, feeling of nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, there's this standout uh, monologue in it. You can YouTube it actually. I mean, it's just uh, you can da- like watch this on YouTube. It's fucking awesome. It's a conversation that uh, Edward Norton has with himself. Like he's in, in the men's room looking in the mirror. Uh, and it's just, I mean, he just runs riot on everything. Really? Everything. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a, oh, it's just an amazing moment. And Edward Norton is just amazing in this movie. Cool. And the movie, but what's great about it is that it's not predictable. No. You will not predict where this movie goes. Uh, and it goes to some fucking dark places, you know, like, uh, and it's just, it just, it's like, a, it's, it's Spike Lee's best movie. Oh, it really is. I, I think I did see when I was doing research. I did see that it um, it uh, made a lot of critics lists. What, yeah, so a lot online. I don't. I don't. I mean, I know that it got good reviews. I don't really know, like, um, in terms of, um, you know, like uh, the year the year it came out, how it did on a lot of critics lists. Yeah, but for the no, it came out critics for the decade. Like, I saw a few of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So the, the, those three, I mean, Iron Man, it was just Marvel Studios getting it right and fucking having it open with that fucking track and just kicked ass. Yeah, yeah. And no. again, it was, and it's showing that, you know, it, it, I mean, you can break away slightly from what the superheroes are. Yes, he has a guy in a suit, but it is like yeah. a pretty weak concept comic book wise. And don't get me wrong. I mean, like, these are, Iron Man's a great movie. I love Iron Man. It's yeah. just that trying to pick a 10. Like, yeah. It's like trying to pick a 10 out of 10 years worth of movies. Yeah. It's like, it's like. How the fuck do you do that? Yeah. You know? I mean, especially when you love movies so much. We might do next week, might just do like the, the next 10. Because you know? <laughs> this, this is what we do. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to pick ten. Yeah. You know, and I'm really upset that uh, that a lot of movies aren't in there. That I yeah. can't talk about these other movies. Yeah. You know, but it's the, that that that's how, that's why I had to. I, that's why I had to base my list on how blown. You know, like how did I feel the, when the first time I experienced it? Yeah. You know. And for me, then that was again for Spider-Man Two. It was just like it took the what Spider-Man One had done and just amped it up. And Doc Ock was a fantastic villain. Yeah. And I just that was until the Dark Knight came out. That was my favorite superhero movie. Now it's it's, a, it, it's again it's a list. It's not that you can't pick one. Yeah, yeah. It is a list now because it used to be that it was you know a one or two that you. No, Spider- Spider-Man Two was the best of the Raimi. It was it was it was the best best fucking superhero movie. Yeah. Um, that was awesome, really. And in the Dark Knight, we've already mentioned, you know, you preferred the Batman Begins, but for me, I thought just Heath Ledger's performance knocked it over the top because it was a Joker I wasn't expecting, and it was just like like Ra's al Ghul. It's kind of as I expected it, but just they they did something very clever with the Joker and yeah, just yeah. keeping that ambiguity and not doing an origin story and having him be an equal. Mm. I mean, no matter what they do in any other movies, they don't have to have that. You know, the other Batman's the rest of his role is gallery. None of them are, his nemesis is the Joker. Yeah. It always will be. They are two sides of the one coin, almost. Yeah. And which, just which they which they address in, in the film, which I'm very happy. They yeah. Addressed. Who made him? Who made who? You know, it's like you know, kill you. What would I do without you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's 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 it. That's their character. That's it. That's, that's the core. Forever. That's the core of their relationship, right there. They're locked in infernal affairs. Uh, no, Dark Knight's awesome. Dark Knight's awesome. So. That rounds out our top ten to the decade. So again, if you disagree with anything that we've said, or you think there's, we're right, you should let us know at uh, podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Podcast at mcyappenfries.com. And just to recount once more, my top ten for um, my top five for 2009 was Avatar, District Nine, Watchmen, The Hangover, and Zombieland were tied, and 500 Days of Summer. Mine was District Nine, Crank Two, <laughs> Star Trek, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and Outlander. <laughs> Oh, drag me to hell. And uh, my top ten for um, the decade was, uh, again, in no certain order, Avatar, Fellowship of the Ring, Batman Begins, Moulin Rouge, Shaun of the Dead, Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Wonder Boys, Into the Wild, and 25th Hour. So if you haven't seen any movies in the last ten years, watch them. <laughs> I got Shaun of the Dead, Iron Man, Donnie Darko, Transformers, Amelie, uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, There Will Be Blood, Anchorman, Spider-Man 2, and The Dark Knight. A pretty varied list. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. schizo. <laughs> uh, and there's, just, there's so many. I mean, we can. What can you tell from my list? I have issues. <laughs> I like, it's all about some kind of fucked up conflict. <laughs> I like superhero movies. I like I like movies that make me feel emotionally drained after. Yeah. So I can, I, I'm, I'm annoyed. So I, I can go home and cut myself. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I paper cut my tongue <laughs> for amusement. You're not even doing if it. I You're doing it wrong. <laughs> if I wasn't circumcised, I'd do it other places too. Um, yeah, I mean, things are bubbling under, I guess. I mean, like, I was bummed I couldn't get Planet Terror in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think about Planet Terror. Yeah. Of the decade. Yeah, that's true. I can't. Can. Of the decade, no. <laughs> um, Good movie, but it's not. And Almost Famous, I was really hard pushed. Almost Famous and The Battle Boy are two movies that I just thought didn't, you know, wasn't expecting much and just liked them a lot. I, I tried to get a fuck, I tried to get some Kevin Smith in there, but I couldn't. Clerks 2 was out and deserves yeah. a mention but deserves a mention yeah deserves a mention um yeah I mean 
There are there's been a lot. I mean, ten it's years. Good, good, yeah, good decade. Good, good decade. decade of movies. There's been some pretty fucking good movies. Let's hope that the next decade's just as good. Oh, but I should also we should also point out that for our top ten of 2009, in regards to some of the more recent acclaimed films that are being nominated for awards, we haven't seen them yet. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, fuck, we haven't even seen Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So it's like up in the air. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Fucking um, um, what's some of the other ones that are like Bad Lieutenant? Um, haven't seen that. No. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of these movies that. Uh, that, I, that we I haven't had the chance to see yet. So my top, my but top if we like them, we'll put them in the top ten for the 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 the, the tweenies or what do you call them, the twenties, the, the zeros. What are we calling it? The decades, the tens. I didn't realize we're calling it something. Well, um, we just, I just we're like just calling it by the year, the two thousands. No, the next year, the next decade. We'll slot them into the next round. Two thousand tens. The two thousand tens. How hard was that? That was really hard. <laughs> Jesus. I think we just hit the wall podcast-wise. <laughs> okay, now to round things up. <coughs> Malaysian and US box office top 10. At number 10, Carriers is a horror movie. Yes, number 9, Maranta Warrior. The, the new, um, I saw the trailer for this at the cinema yesterday. The, the, it's like the new Tony Jada kind of trying to get this guy to be. So it looks like a kick-ass action movie. Number 8, Circuit Freak, The Vampire's Assistant. This is being pretty badly received as far as I understand. Number 7, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Had that review earlier. Uh, number six, Ju-On, White Ghost and Black Ghost. If this is made by the same director who made all the other four, he really needs to get out more and just write something else. <laughs> number five, Paranormal Activity, reviewed last week. Yeah, I really haven't seen this yet. Uh, number number four, four, Alvin and the Chipmunks, two, The Squeakwell. Number three, Sherlock Holmes. Hang on, first of all, Jason Lee, what are you doing? <laughs> Contractually obliged. Yeah. Number three, Sherlock Holmes. Number two, Old Dogs. Malaysians are... Fucking weird. <laughs> Number one, Avatar. In 3D? Four weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, this is on track for making more money than God. US box office. Number 10, The Princess, Princess and the, the Frog. Frog. I haven't seen this or heard mm-hmm. about it. Number nine, Youth in Revolt. I saw the trailer a while ago. It's pretty good. Reviews have been very good. Yeah. Number se- uh, number eight, Up in the Air. A lot of, a lot of nomination buzz yep. on this. Number seven, The Blind Side. Also making shitloads of money. What's that? It's an inspirational sports tale starring Sandra Bullock. Oh, Number six, Leap Year. I don't want to see this. This movie looks retarded. Yeah, this is the one who goes to Ireland to, 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 to propose for. And everyone sounds like a leprechaun. Yeah. Number five, it's complicated. You're, you're dying to see this, aren't you? I want to see this, yeah, yeah. because I, I, I got a chubby from Meryl Street. Yep. Number four, Daybreakers. I'm chubby I, I really for this. <laughs> this is reviewing very well. He's reviewing very well. Number three, Alvin and the Chipmunks of Squeakwell. Number two, Sherlock Holmes. Number one, Avatar. I think we'll be saying we're just cutting paces we just say Avatar's number one for the next couple of weeks we cut down the time so alright leaving you off today as we uh, norm- hmm? yeah, yeah. yeah as <laughs> as we uh, as we normally do we're gonna send you off with a little recording here as prepared as usual as well <laughs> Uh, for those of you who want to know what this is, this is from Better Off Ted, a TV show in the US. It's quite good. Uh, this is their promo for one of their latest episodes. Hope you enjoy. In a minute. Memo 314. Employees must not use offensive or insulting language in the workplace. Employees must now use offensive or insulting language in the workplace. This has to be a mistake. Why would the company want us to swear at each other? Like everything the company does to us, it's got to be about saving money. Maybe when someone's called a lazy, drug-addled twat, they work harder so they can just be a drug-addled twat. 
Maybe they're trying to make the people at work seem more like a real family. You perfectly tan shitbird. Okay, fellas, let's just try to keep it under control here. Don't listen to these poo guzzlers. Taste is the real problem. Don't listen to these sister fucking hillbillies. Taste is the real problem. They want us to insult each other? Well, we're not doing it in here, spastic cockjockey. <laughs> well, we're not doing it in here, fucktard. Debbie's never opened her mouth before, and it was a good suggestion. It was a good idea, but then Mark called her a finger-banging chicken dipper, and everything fell apart again. But then Mark called her a peppy little splooge vacuum, and everything fell apart again. I'm terrible at insults. I can help you, you mouse-humping piece of shit. I can help you, you sweaty thong and a hooker's money crack. <laughs> but I want you to know, all ideas are welcome. Could you repeat that in English? I don't speak the language of the square-jawed cum puppets. We're not doing that in here, Phil. So, not being controlling lasted for about one second. I'm sorry. The dick-infested man mattress is right. Anything anyone wants to say is fine by me. You heard the corpse fucking dick holster. I need your help, walking cock cozy. What's the problem, Frosty the Snowhorn? <laughs> I need your help, Spermatorium. <laughs> I've devised a formula. It's really quite simple. You take a person's most marked physical feature, compare it to genitalia, male, female, or animal, and end with the suffix tard, gobbler, or fucker. Not to mention sucker, diddler, slurper, gurgler, beefer, puffer, knuckler, nuzzler, jacker, groper, tit twister, and felcher, which is drinking juices from your beloved's ass with a straw. <laughs> you heard the corpse fucking dick holster? I knew it, I knew it. You perfectly tanned shitbird. <laughs> this is gonna be good. 